So my first question for everybody tonight, uh, what is your geek New Year's resolution? Uh, I, I'll start. Uh, mine should be to finish Harry Potter. Uh, it's been a thing for my uh, for the Geek Awakens for ever since we started, and I still haven't done it. That said, realistically, my <laughs> my geek New Year's resolution is just to catch up on my to read list. It's so ridiculous and so 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 sad. Um, Jacqueline, what's your geek New Year's resolution? Ah, <laughs> next. <laughs> okay. I have two, and so I'm going to pick one. Okay, so I would like to make a single cosplay, like start to finish sewing, making every single aspect of it, at least one this year, and wear it to a con. That's awesome, especially making it from start to finish. Yeah, like I've bought things before and like put it all together, but I haven't like sewn it from scratch. Pickett, what's your geek New Year's resolution? Um, for me, uh, it's going to be uh, definitely going to see more movies in theaters. I'm not going to lie. The pandemic has spoiled the crap out of me. I don't want to go to the theaters anymore. And uh Let's be real. There are just some movies that just are better in the theaters. Jeremy. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy year. Um, personally, um, after we started our Ted Lasso pod on the podcast on the network here, uh, I kind of want to uh do more of that with the network. I want to do some more show specific podcasts like that. So I think we're going to get into that. And then me personally, uh, I want to uh, write some more reviews um, this year. I got into it again and uh, it's just kind of hard to keep up with it, but uh, I'm going to go hard after that, like uh, written critics accreditation this year. So that's what I'm going for. Megan. So I'm a comic book newbie. So my resolution this year is either to read a graphic novel or three to five single issues per month. And as a uh, comic book uh, uh, veteran, uh, if you if you need help, you know, just <laughs> I'm open just to suggestions. I love Wanda. There you go. Give me Wanda. We'll talk later. I we'll gave her later. a book that's like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Craig. Well, sorry, I, I was like trying to share to six different places uh, while we were doing this. I it, it took me so long to figure out what it was that I want to put on as my actual resolution. So I've got like three. Um, one, I feel like I fail as a geek when it comes to high fantasy. That uh, apparently is something that is rough for me to do and figure out exactly like what it is about that that's really appealing to people. So fantasy, number one, want to read more uh, of that. Uh, two, I want to expose my child to more geek culture and geek things. We were just playing uh, at an Avengers camp that was a Lego camp, and Thanos was taking on a mech Spider-Man. So I feel like I'm doing an okay job. Nice. And three, and Jeremy will appreciate this, I need to give DC a second chance when it comes to movies. Oh, uh, yes. Come um, back because to us, Come the, back to the, us. the thing is, they have had a pile of garbage for so long that it's been really hard for me to just say, you know what? 
that one guy that has uh, initials SS are, is gone and never coming back. And so uh, I just need to come back maybe to the dark side a little bit, to the gritty, broody, Batman's going to kill everybody he sees side and give DC another chance. So that's my resolutions. You know that trailer looks good, man. You know it does. Come on, bat, admit it. It'll make the you bat feel and better. the cat. It'll make you feel better. Just say that <laughs> got you excited, Craig. It got you excited. <laughs> We're gonna get you to say it, man. <laughs> we will literally not continue on with this recording until you say it. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for there the we Batman. go. There All we right. go, everyone. All right, there it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> cue intro music now. <laughs> Actually, that's it. We don't need any more. That's, that's the end. <laughs> See you in 2022. I'm satisfied. I'm happy. Get those nerds! 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 So yeah, let's do some formal introductions. Uh, my name is Mitch. Uh, normally, I am one of the hosts of The Geek Awakens. Uh, but tonight, however, I am joined by some other amazing podcasters uh, for the annual Geek Year in Review. Uh, first up, we have Jacqueline and Megan from I Think You're Going to Like This. Uh, without giving too much away, because I want you guys to talk about it, uh, these two have had an interesting year with Like This Pod, uh, from going on beer adventures to uh, playing football. <laughs> so Jacqueline and Megan, I won. <laughs> tell us a little bit more sure. about uh, your podcast and how 2021 treated you. Wow. Um, well, in 2021, we hit 100, web- 100 episodes. I wasn't let us quit until we got to 100. <laughs> Didn't care that Megan was having a baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, we actually hit 100 three weeks after I had Ren. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah. born on the fourth and we hit a hundred on our one year mark. Well, kind of, we get, we hit like a, we, we lost count somewhere, <laughs> but, but it's pop culture, all the things we share them with each other. That's how it started. And then went to just telling everyone else what we liked and telling you, if you didn't like it, you were wrong. Um, but it's usually really good um we actually i'm gonna brag on us a little bit because we just put out an episode today where we were hoping to get ten thousand video downloads downloads? nope podcast downloads podcast downloads (laughs) sorry uh by i think megan said march and we're already over nine thousand now Mm -hmm. so nice good for, Mm -hmm. for less than two years old Mm-hmm. I think we're doing pretty good. And for, I think we have 11 su- subscribers, <laughs> something like that. So. They like but each other so much. They're, they're both in the same room right now. We just are. so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Ah! It's inception. Nice. But, yeah, that's us. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So um, I'm not the only one here from the Geek Awakens uh, tonight. Joining me is Pickett. Um, and then you know, we've had an exciting year. Hey guys. <laughs> uh, we've had an exciting year. We've talked to more creators for our Artist Alley uh, series. And also, we introduced a, uh, a new segment. And honestly, I was trying to go back. And we may have introduced it late 2020, not 
2021, but whatever. But it's called uh, Trailer Takedown. It's one of my favorite things. And we do a bracket style uh, discussion whenever we get like a bunch of trailers that uh, come out. But pick it. Um, we were just recently at C2E2. So let's talk for a second about um, our experience there and what all we did and, you know, how much fun we had. I mean, the whole weekend was a blur. No, uh, it was a great time. Uh, <clears throat> well, my favorite part of the whole weekend was discovering uh, uh, Tea and Absinthe, which was a, a geek-themed uh, teas. You know, they, they theme different teas uh, based on your fandom. So for me, that was like uh, uh, my, my big thing because I'm really into tea at the moment. So uh, it may be a fad for me. I don't know, but I'm all in. So that's all that matters. So yeah, I had, I had a really good time. There were a lot. Uh, I was surprised there were... I knew there'd be less vendors, but there were still quite a few uh, artists and creators. So I was really happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, T and Absinthe, I actually, um, our camera person who is affectionately called not Seth, whenever we're talking about uh, the Geek Awakens, whenever he's involved in that, he actually got me a, like a sampler pack of teas from T and Absinthe. So I am really excited to check that out. Uh, but finally on our panel tonight, we have Craig and Jeremy from the Front Row Network. Uh, the network has had a big year from some of the amazing guests on Beyond the Mouse uh, to a brand new show uh, about one of the uh, TV shows that's on our list um, that we kind of <laughs> already teased earlier. So, Greg and Jeremy, uh, how was 2021 for the front row? It was pretty good. Honestly, uh, we did a lot of things. We were able to talk to a, a lot of people. It was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of a lot, I think. And <laughs> of course, we um, in 2019, we had formed a partnership with NPR Illinois. And so that's really allowed us to talk to a lot of very interesting people and to have uh, such a, a fun time doing it. Uh, Jeremy and I were on an episode with Alan Menken uh, earlier this year. And so that was great. That's on the Beyond the Mouse feed. And you can, of course, find all of that stuff um, as you check us out later. But uh, Jeremy and I, we started, we, we had actually gotten a screener copy of the second season of Ted Lasso. And we decided we wanted to do a we kind of fell in love with the show that we were doing in addition to Ted Lasso. And so we just started doing that. And now it's kind of taken on a life of its own. So peanut butter and biscuits, if any of you out there are watching us live right now, thank you for supporting that Ted Lasso show. It's just awesome to have you be a part of it and uh, to talk about an amazing show that came out in 2020. But we can talk all about it in 2021 too, right, Jer? Oh yeah, we're we're continuing to find ways to talk about it. But uh, Craig put it out there. I'm just massively proud of all the network shows. Um, you know, Brandon Davis over on Classics has been crushing it with the guests he's getting. Um, literally talked to Lucille Ball's daughter, Lucy Arnaz, <laughs> like just a few months ago. Um, you know, he, he has a, he has an interview coming right. out with Leonard Malton. You know, Leonard I remember Malton's Leonard Malton. Um, yeah. Do you guys remember the VHS? of the original trilogy of star Wars. Did you all get that as kids? Um, oh, yeah. And Leonard Malton did the intro to that. Like uh, every uh, episode he would come and like, be like, I'm Leonard Malton. And this is why <laughs> star Wars is important. Brandon talk to that guy. So it's just yeah. great. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of crazy stuff. Um, we did the biggest monster cast month we've ever done. One of our favorite times of the year. Um, just a great, great year for podcasting. And uh, we are looking forward to what 2022 is going to bring, but not before people. We look back at the year in geek 2021. Let's get into it, man. Perfect segue. Way better than what I was thinking in my head. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, um, yeah, 2021, like we had a lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, honestly, if we talk about everything that's on our list, which I was even thinking of a couple of things that we missed that I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not even going to bring it up because like we could be here all night if we wanted to. I may or may not have added a couple of things like an hour ago. <laughs> Mitch is like, thank you for destroying my hosting. No, 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 no. If it was just an hour ago, I may have got them. Okay. <laughs> you, you had like squid game? Ago. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That yes. That's the you. kind of prep work that the Geek Awakens does. If oh, it was under go. an hour ago. All we- notes. All <laughs> Look at all these notes. notes. <laughs> Oh man, that's what preparation looks like. We should try. We're panzers. Sorry. We should try that. We should try that someday. Mitch didn't learn this from me. (laughs) That's not my style. Here's the thing, though. If I just wing it like I normally do when I'm not hosting, uh, I would say um or uh like every other word. Uh, I I just did it. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but I was like, oh shoot, Craig gave me the reins this year. I need to. I. I, I did this because I needed to impress you guys. This is uh, 100% why I wrote notes. And you know what I'm doing while you're hosting? I'm drinking beer to drink when it's cold outside <laughs> from Westbrook Brewing. I mean, I'm still drinking wine, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, uh, I'm on Bram, guys. I'm drinking coffee out of my new Ted Lasso mug. So I'm just um... <laughs> And I have my Mickey Mouse, Brett Iwin. Uh, we're all on Bram. Oh, my great. God. I have this t shirt. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Are those because I need one? I need one now. That's great. So, so let's start the Geek Year in Review with uh, the MCU. Uh, before 2021, uh, we would get like three to four Marvel movies a year, you know, whatever, and be fine. But no, Marvel was like, "Hey, here are nine movies and or TV shows, and we're going to make you watch them all." And um, I think, with the exception of me, everybody watched them all. Megan didn't. Um, Megan didn't. Okay. So oh, shame. Vir- virtual, virtual five to you, Megan. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm Megan not. Megan has a th- nine month old. I don't know what mm-hmm. your excuse is, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a podcast. Is called the Geek Something, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, but anyway, so we did something fun for the mcu we ranked all the properties this year and um not to call us out but last night we had uh we had a little bit of a scare <laughs> some of us were ranking them the wrong way and i legitimately thought i was really never gonna be friend again. <laughs> i did mine twice like eternals man it's fine <laughs> wear your colors proud dude <laughs> i i really looked at that and i saw um i saw what you had ranked what i thought last and i thought what do you not have hearts? What is going on with the Geek Awakens? <laughs> but yeah, so after after we you know fixed everything, um, I'm going to shoot this segment over to Craig to start off uh, to tell us who or what Marvel properties won our ranking system. So here's what I thought we would do is I will let you kind of uh, divvy up the hosting, sir, and I will just list what is the property. And then maybe if someone wants to chime in about that individual property or if we got it wrong collectively or whatever, uh, then they can do that. But number nine on the list is Eternals. Womp womp. I I will defend this property if if it comes to that, guys, (laughs) if I'm the only one who will. It sounds like you're the only one speaking. (laughs) Here's my thing with Eternals. I liked it, but like 
you know how with like Justice League, how everybody was like, oh, hey, they're throwing all these superheroes that people don't really care about. No, people care about Cyborg. People care about Flash. I watched the Eternals. I still don't know who half these characters are. You know, it was good, but now I will. I yeah, I will fully cop to you that this would have made a fantastic nine or ten episode Disney Plus series um, if if they're going to put that much budget behind it because you know this one was like one of those hundred and fifty million dollar budget movies probably, um, and so you probably can't justify that on the Disney Plus side yet. Um, and so, yeah, it would have been great if we would have gotten like one of these people, like an episode a week with following one of these people and then like, you know, flashing forward, flashing back like the movie does. Now, where I will defend the movie, though, is that I think that it does have um, this amazing sense of scale and epicness. I really do think it is like I did not know when they started, when they announced they were going to do Eternals. How are you going to make Arishem and all these other Celestials feel as big as they are? And like the very first time we get one of those sequences, I'm just like, holy crap. Like the, that looks exactly how I thought it was. And you need someone like Chloe Zhao who can, who can bring that gravitas to that scene. Um, and I did like the casting of all these people. I think that they did really nail the casting on most of these. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see where they go with this. Uh, Cause that's the thing you're right, Mitch. It kind of feels incomplete. It kind of feels like, we get just a little taste and at the end we're finally getting into it. We're finally caring about him. The action's ramping up and then it's just like, oh, well, we're done now and you got to stay tuned to the next one, but don't worry. Harry Styles is coming too. So, you know, like it, it does feel a little incomplete, but I don't think this movie deserved the amount of crap that got heaped on it. That's just me. I don't think it deserves a rotten, uh, rotten tomato score at all. I don't think it was terrible. I really don't like, I liked most of it. I really cared the most about Fina and Gilgamesh. And if we could have just had a movie about them, I would have been fine. <laughs> That's was the best part. Um, I also didn't have the greatest experience when I watched it because we were in the theater and there were a thousand people there, which I didn't like. And people I'm pretty sure were there that didn't have tickets. So they were like seat hopping and talking and we're all like, Shh, stop. Like, it was very annoying. So that distracted me a bit. Um, but I did like the movie. I agree that, like, some of, like, just how big everything was and just being able to see, like, actual Eternals, like, doing things was really, really cool. Mm. But it wasn't, like, a finished thing. Like, it, I was like, okay, all this movie was just a setup for something. Yeah. And, like, we don't know what the something is. And I was kind of just like, okay and I had known that Harry Styles was coming because it got spoiled for me but I wasn't super like mad about it because I'm like Harry Styles are we sure that's the direction we want to go <laughs> so I mean okay like yeah he's got a cute face but like I don't know it's gonna be yeah. interesting you can go a lot of places with a cute face I'm just saying <laughs> That's true. If it, and if none of you have read the comics of, of Eros, uh, believe me, there are many really bad places to go with that character. So yeah. we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But I didn't hate the movie. It just had to be it had to be something had to be last. <laughs> exactly. Something Mitch, I don't I don't know about you, but I think I didn't hate the movie might be the best way to end the discussion on number nine, right? Oh, Lord. Um, yes. Number 100%. eight. 
Number eight surprises me. Uh, actually, I was shocked that this came in so low in the rankings, but I think it just talks to, it speaks to the uh, quality that Marvel gave us this year. But the What If Disney Plus series is number eight. Oh my, look at that. <laughs> I was trying to let somebody who hasn't talked yet speak. <laughs> uh oh but wait not everybody's seen them uh that's right <laughs> um you know i think i think this is a byproduct of uh yeah the quality you're right craig that we got this year because this this series was a blast it really was mm-hmm. um and the fact that it looks like it's bleeding into the mcu proper is quite insane um, when you think about it um definitely from that doctor strange multiverse of madness trailer it looks like we're definitely getting a lot of bleed in from episode four and who knows, man? We might be getting actual Jeffrey Wright Watcher in the MCU proper, like oh. live action, like realm here. I mean, because the way they drew him, that looks like Jeffrey Wright. So um, I'm very interested to see what happens here. Um, I love that they're spinning this off into a full on Marvel Zombies animated series. That could be a whole lot of fun, especially if they base it on the Kirkman run. Um, I, I, I had a blast with this one, and Chris Hemsworth forever. He continues to just never disappoint. Rat I completely Thor is my favorite. Rat Boy Thor. I <laughs> well, mean, I got to tell you, though, like, okay, so I completely agree with you other than there were a couple of episodes in there for me that I was like, really? Like, I waited a week to watch this. And I'm sorry, but Frat Boy Thor was one of those episodes. And it was cute. and It was funny or whatever. But like, you can be wrong. That's okay. (laughs) But, but, you know, then like you get those episodes like that Doctor Strange episode. And I love me some Captain Carter. Uh, You know, give me that on the big screen. Give me her in. Uh, Captain America four all day long, but it's like, I I do. I think that the animation style was amazing. I, I, having been someone that I really appreciate animation, but I'm coming more and more to appreciate 2d animation and the way that they drew this, uh, was just incredible uh, all throughout. It was just beautiful. And so, like I said, I was surprised that it dropped this low. I am glad that it's coming back. I'm glad that it's having some spinoff series. I did think that the Marvel zombies was a lot of fun because at the end there, you saw like Zam- zombie Thanos. And I was like, oh, is this a two-parter? Like, does this continue on to next week? And of course it didn't. And I was like, oh, maybe so. Maybe so. Those who've seen it, what were your top episodes? Craig just said, what, would you say the Doctor Strange one? uh, I mean, I'm a Captain America kid at heart. I got to go Captain Carter. Captain Carter? Okay. Mm -hmm. Who else? Jacqueline? I like Frat Boy Thor. Yeah. It was so funny. It was so stupidly funny. And like, it wasn't in that episode, but when he says Viva Las Vegas before like throwing the lightning, I I literally cracked up so much. I've never heard that before. No. I I cracked up. Listen, I I may have. I may have laughed too hard at frat boy Thor. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Maybe I was the odd one out on frat boy Thor. I just, for some reason, it wasn't my thing. Um, But okay. So we have a tie for our next one. And uh, the tie is between the Disney plus series Loki and the Marvel cinematic universe movie Shang-Chi and the legend of the 10 rings. So uh, I don't know, Mitch, do you want to take these one at a time? But they are tied. What are your thoughts? Um, Well, I have to pass on Loki, um, which is weird because so the Disney Plus series that I didn't watch was Loki, What If, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was super, super excited about both Loki and What If, but like I just I never got around to them. Like I still want to. I'm still going to. Uh, Shang-Chi was phenomenal. Um, I I loved every second of it. 
the uh, the the guy who plays uh, Shang Chi. I cannot remember his his real name, but um, Lu. what's that? Yes, 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 yes. Um, but I had actually recently watched uh, Kim's Convenience, which is a sitcom from Canada. It was on Netflix. Um, just super funny show. So like, I kind of had that experience, and then I saw him on in the movie, and like between him and Aquafina, who just like she stole that movie for me. Like I just loved her character. I loved every second of it. Um, but yeah, this was just, this was a fun movie and I really feel like, and I hope that this sets up, you know, a, a big journey for him. I gotta say, I, I know I am in the minority here, but Loki was a slog for me. And I think I'm probably the reason it was lower on the list. I agree. I was our... not a Loki fan. Oh, thank you, Megan. So uh, somebody broke Loki for me. And they told me that Loki was clearly shot during the pandemic because every scene of Loki is like just two people mono, like t- dialoguing, like talking to one another because that's all that could be on set at a given time. And I know Jeremy uh, had to step away for a second and he's probably screaming at his microphone right now because he loved Loki. But I, I just... It wasn't my show and it was such a bridge show. It was like, we're going to set up the multiverse. And if you're going to do that, do that in like a, an hour and a half special. Don't make me watch for like six episodes uh, where you're really like, and I get that they're having like these existential questions and things like that too. There was a lot of representation issues that came into there, especially with, um, with Loki uh, sort of uh, alluding to the fact that he's bisexual. I like, I'm, I'm in for all of that. Give me all of that in an hour and a half. And I think I would have really enjoyed Loki a lot, Um, but I did not enjoy the format of it. Shang-Chi, I really enjoyed that uh, uh, quite a bit more, honestly. And I think I will go back and revisit that. I thought Aquafina did a wonderful job as the sidekick. I'd like to see her moving forward. Um, She's one that's kind of hit or miss for me because she can play sort of the same role over and over again. But in this film, it worked really well to her talents. And uh, I just loved the kaiju fight at the end. I mean, like, how could you not like that as uh, fans of any anything like Godzilla or those kaiju movies. Like it's just amazing to see these amazing, huge dragons going through the sky. Um, And it was just uh, visually stunning throughout. And of course the fight choreography was amazing in that as well. Jeremy came on specifically to tell me I'm wrong about Loki. Yes, I did. Uh, I don't know what anybody (laughs) else has said about it, but uh, Craig has continually proven how wrong he is about this series. Um, I mean, look, man, it, it's the this the sheer fact of like showing Tom Hiddleston's like star power here. I mean, like he is so freaking fundamentally awesome in every single frame of this. Sophia DiMartino knocked it out of the park as Lady Loki. And I'm sorry, man, but like Jonathan Majors is Kang the Conqueror is going to be our next big bad. He's the next Thanos. And he's in many ways a, a much bigger threat than Thanos is because he's very multifaceted in the ways in which he can, uh, you know, mess things up. Let's let's put it that way. Um, I think this series was just beautifully shot, beautifully acted. That very first episode where Loki is looking back on his life with that projector room and like the acting that Tom Hiddleston is putting in there is so deep and so amazing. And, you know, just the look on his face when he sees his mother dead. And then when he sees Thanos appear in that projector reel, the terror in his face, which is what forces him to change. I think this series, it it knocks it absolutely out of the park. I hate that it is this low, but it's an amazing series. Craig, you're wrong. Well, brief, brief, brief counterpoint. Um, So this happens a lot in action movies and all the MCU movies, um, but people get really winded 
when they talk, but Tom Hiddleston, for some reason in this series, it would be like, he's walking into a room and he's delivering his line. And he's just like, "Ah, ah, 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 yes, let's talk about time. I'm just, I'm just curious though. Like when you're put in through time loops and going through the ages and stuff, do you think that that doesn't wind you or when you're running from meteor showers constantly? I'm just, I just feel like, I feel like frat boy Thor wouldn't be winded. I feel like Frat Boy Thor was winded in the Battle of New York. Okay, I think that I think All right, that we, traveling. We should probably let others speak. We, we should probably like people on the Geek Awakens thread and the Like This thread are just like, who the hell are these front row guys? <laughs> I know Megan's thoughts. So I'm I'm on I'm in the Craig camp, which I tend to be. We tend to align. Um, I kind of felt like Loki was the MCU trying to do Doctor Who and not doing it very well. Um, it just it was slow for me especially coming off of wandavision and falcon and winter soldier which moved quicker i felt like it was very much a character study which i can appreciate um and there were episodes that i really liked but i just felt overall we didn't get very far mm-hmm. that's my agree. feelings hashtag agree. sorry jeremy oh no I'll, I, I mean i could counterpoint you but i want to let other people talk <laughs> I, want to. I can go point counterpoint i mean like I, maybe it was slower, but I thought that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier moved too fast. Personally, I thought that there was a lot of plot points that they glossed over there. Now, again, I think I that think that's fair too. I think there's a problem with Marvel's wanting to keep them to six episodes. I don't know why they do that. I mean, like eight seems like a perfect number for some of these series, but um, you know, maybe they would have put a little bit more action into that. I mean, I do remember Kevin Feige said that it was like Loki was Doctor Who, like Marvel's attempt at Doctor Who. And it always seems like some of these series that they cut down a lot of stuff in the post-editing. And I don't know why. So maybe there was a little bit more of that. There was a lot of storyboards we saw from this show that never showed up in it. So did Jacqueline just raise her hand? I just wanted to say that what we got as the like season finale for Loki was actually technically supposed to be the mid-season finale and we were supposed to get a whole other half of a season after that Mm -hmm. but because of COVID they couldn't finish it so like their whole like keeping it to the like nine episodes or whatever partially COVID's fault and they didn't get to finish a lot of things and do stuff because of that so don't you feel bad craig 10 points for so so you're saying that there was supposed to be more loki yes (laughs) (laughs) all right um i don't know if anybody's ever spoken their piece on this tie but we'll go on to number five which i think we'll probably go right back to jacqueline if i had anything uh any prediction here number five the path here for for jacqueline black widow so most of you heard, if you listened to Beyond Mouse's um, review, I was on that with them for Black Widow. And you guys, I struggled so hard to put this in my list. I changed it like eight times. But Black Widow was amazing and it was great. And it makes me sad that it's lower, but I don't know what else to do about it other than tell people that put it low that they're wrong. I, I will say the two women of the group put it at three and all of us uh, misogynistic men put it lower than that. So that's probably why it, it shifted down the lane here. We needed our widow movie. It was so important just to everybody and well, all of us anyway. <laughs> now, and it, no, go ahead, please. No, go. I was just going to babble on. So continue. <laughs> 
for for me, I I loved Black Widow so much, and I felt bad. Like for, and I I said this in the group chat earlier this week. Like with both Black Widow and WandaVision, like those were my two of my lower you know rated ones, and I felt so bad for both of them. But at the end of the day, it was just like these other ones that we're going to talk about later on. It was just like those ones I just like was just like enamored with i love black widow i thought that it was it, it was a great movie it you know um uh yelena just like stole the show um and seeing her pop up again in hawkeye which we'll talk about later like you know just like she's just like she i i don't know if i just want to grow up and be her you know like somebody who can both like kick ass and also just like make you want to be their best friend while they're kicking your ass like that's that is a that is a great superpower in and of itself. And Stop make, making me like you. Yeah, and make, and make great mac and cheese as we as we understand. Exactly. Um, I, I, I'll uh, echo Jacqueline's uh, thoughts here because I think there's probably some recency bias in my ranking of this one because I remember when I first saw this, like I was blown away. I will still say this is one of the most. Um, I think it is the best, like opening credit sequence of a Marvel film I've ever seen. Mm. Um, that trafficking under the, uh, I can't remember whose cover it was of Smells Like Teen Spirit, but it was just like that was haunting. That was a really haunting opening, especially when you give us this really sweet family opening into a giant slam bang action sequence, and then like this gut punch of, okay, kids, well here go enjoy your assassin camp, and um, you know like. It, it was just, it was very, very like, oh my God, like a, there's like a pit in my stomach here. Um, but you're right. Like Yelena is an amazing character. I hope we haven't seen the last of David Harbour's Alexi. He was fantastic. Um, you know, like this could be, I know, I know like Jacqueline had a lot of issues because, you know, in the comic books, that relationship is very different. Um, but there is... There was just a lot of great stuff here. I thought the action set pieces were great. I know a lot of people didn't like what they did with Taskmaster, but I actually really did like it. I think it gave that character a lot of purpose. And quite frankly, we just saw with Hawkeye, Mockingbird is something that's been passed down from generation to generation. Taskmaster can be a, ta a title that's given to another person. We could still see Tony Masters uh, somewhere in, in the MCU. So um, I just think that this movie is really good. The action pieces are great. The family drama, though, is so good. The family drama, just that one scene where they're eating around Melina's table is so damn good. And the way that they're interacting, that's what I wasn't prepared for with this movie. The drama of the family really got to me. So you know, I think there is some recency bias that I might have to overcome. It probably should be higher on my list. Today, I learned that Jeremy listens to Beyond the Mouse episodes. That makes me cry. I was on Here. that episode. Oh, were you on that episode? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. That's awkward. Uh, my name anyway. is Jeremy. I'm uh, around you a lot. Let's <laughs> talk about that recency true. bias. That is true. <laughs> exactly. All right. Any other thoughts on uh, Black Widow before we go to number four? Much like I was the reason that Loki was rated so low, I am certainly the reason that this show was rated so high because yeah. I am a Captain America super fan through and through. So when they announced that Sam Wilson would be having Falcon in the Winter Soldier, I knew immediately that day that it would end with him taking the shield and becoming Captain America. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes in at number four. Uh, to me, I'll, I'll start this one off. To me, yes, people were saying the complaint was it came right after WandaVision and WandaVision kind of like blew all of our minds and it'll come later in the list, obviously. Um, and people said that this was very cookie cutter in MCU. Uh, and I just, I disagree 
to a certain extent uh, that it's cookie cutter. Yes, the storyline and story beats are there, but we got so much about uh, what's the social relevance of what Marvel can bring to us to have a black man come and take the mantle of Captain America and having already had a black man as Captain America, but the government forcing that to be quiet, like that whole through storyline is just incredible. And, and I think that that's only going to continue throughout. Now we get to see the country's reaction to a black Captain America in Cap 4. Uh, and I'm excited uh, about seeing that. And I loved the action sequences. Um, just so many things about that show. Anthony Mackie was just perfect. Sebastian Stan, of course, amazing. Uh, it, it had some gruesome scenes as well. You know, we we got to see a U.S. agent kill someone with a Captain America shield. And that was just like... Decapitate just, someone. Just, that was like... <laughs> that was jarring to say the least. And so it was Marvel willing to put themselves out there and to, uh, we would have never seen that in a Marvel film, even five years ago or a Marvel property. Um, but I think now they feel like they have the ability to go further into this social relevance and to address issues that are going on today. And that's why I loved Falcon and the winter soldier. Um, but that's uh, number four is Falcon and the winter soldier. Any, anybody else have anything they'd like to add to that? Can I go first? Yeah. I know you want to talk. I know you want to talk. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be brief. As somebody who actually was really disappointed to see Cap give the shield to Sam, because I was really hoping he was going to give it to Bucky, oh, this girl. show hmm. made me root for Sam Good. as Cap. Very, very much so. And I love the scene where they're throwing the shield back and forth, kind of playing with your emotions, like, ooh, maybe we are going to give it to Bucky. But this, this series brought me on board with Sam as Cap. And give me that multiverse though now, because we got, we're going to talk about a movie in a little bit, but give me that multiverse where like Winter Soldier Cap comes out and we get Sam as Cap and we get, we back up the money truck to Chris <laughs> Evans and he gets to be Captain America again. Lord. And then we have Haley Atwell come out as Captain Carter. I mean, like talk about like, give me all of that. Give me that movie. Um, and I will, I, I will be very excited. I don't know what, I don't know what I can say beyond like, that would be my life for sure. So, so wait just one second. So Sam Wilson becomes Captain America. Oh, Guys, you, oh yeah. You had spoiler seen that, alert. Right? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. I knew about that. <laughs> in March, you, man. You mean, you mean the <laughs> podcast that covers comics more than any of us with the giant wings on the Captain America, that cover that they did when he became Captain America. No, yeah. I, when they did that comic arc, I mean, like just based on, to your point, Megan, yes, in the comics, Bucky becomes Cap before Sam does. But I just think where we are right now as a country and as a world, we needed Sam Wilson as Captain America. So I'm really glad that they did that. Yeah, and I, I think this is a good series. Uh, again, it feels like there's stuff that they cut out of this um, due to COVID. Um you know, it seems like there was like a, I think we all remember there was like some kind of virus plot that they were going to do in this, but then they kind of ditched it for that. There was obviously a lot of reshoots that they couldn't do. Um, but still one of the best scenes I've ever seen acted in the MCU is when we get that flashback to Wakanda and Bucky is fully broken from his winter soldier programming. The way Sebastian Stan acts that scene is like ridiculous amazing it just shows how amazing of an actor he is um and you're right craig the action sequences in this are so fantastic um you know the fight choreography is is just so on point and um this one i think is going to do a lot of setup 
I think that Armor Wars is definitely going to come directly from this. I'm very anxious to see what uh, Power Broker Sharon Carter turns into now. Uh, that, there's a lot of fun that they can have with that. I'm hoping she shows up in She-Hulk maybe. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of really fun things that we can spin off of this. And again, that chemistry between Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan is just golden. I mean, it is just absolutely golden. Uh, I hope they are not done with these two uh, in this property. I, I, sure. I wanted to say I wanted to say a lot about this, but y'all have said all all of it. <laughs> uh, but no, this was a, a wonderful show, and uh, yeah, the chemistry uh, between uh, uh, Anthony and Mackie. It's just, it's really good. I was really surprised by it, honestly, because I didn't, I didn't see a lot of it. I, and maybe I didn't notice a lot of it in any, any of the films, but uh, I was just really surprised and, and pleasantly surprised and really excited about that chemistry. Absolutely. So the next thing we have coming up, number three on the list, which was number one in Mitch's heart. So perhaps we start there. Number three, our most recent addition to the MCU lore, the Disney Plus show Hawkeye. So I will preface like when I initially did this, uh, my uh, ranking or whatever, um, I put what I assume is going to be number one as my number one. But then I took this opportunity when I did it wrong. Um, I took this opportunity to fix it. And, you know, like I went back and forth between no way home and hawkeye and at the end of the day like i just loved hawkeye so much um a couple of christmas presents that i got i'm wearing them both uh this hawkeye hat also this uh rogers the musical t-shirt um that's perfect I, yeah right right <laughs> but um I love but that yeah. Hawkeye is even kind of a joke in the Rogers, the musical that is exactly. like, and then I love that he's sitting in the audience. He's like, Ant-Man wasn't even there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so I, and, and I'm going to mention this again later, but like there are two comics that I credit for getting me back into the, the hobby and obsession of comic books. It's the um, Matt Fraction and David Aha uh, run on Hawkeye, and then it's also Why the Last Man, and we'll talk about we'll talk about Why the Last Man later. But um, this, without being a straight adaptation of the Fraction Aha uh, um, version of Hawkeye, this like was everything that I wanted from that, with the exception. If you guys have like read this run of it, there's this scene where Hawkeye is talking with another side character and this side character keeps calling him Hawk guy. And, <laughs> and then Clint Barton's like, no, it's Hawkeye. It's like, yeah, Hawk guy. I really wanted that exchange and I'm really sad that I didn't get it, but Oh, well, um, <laughs> but that said, just like, this was just such a fun movie it's something that I'm probably going to try to watch every Christmas because it is so centrally Christmassy themed. And also, hey, let's have a car chase set, set to one of the, uh, you know, one of the, the scores from the Nutcracker. Yeah, let's do that. And it works fantastically. <laughs> 
not only Look that, man, me. the Trans-Siberian Orchestra version of Tchaikovsky's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies, which, believe it or not, I have played that version of that song in a church band once, and it is hell on your fingers, <laughs> I, guys. So. I thought you were just going to say, I have played that while driving backwards, going towards a bridge and shooting Greg, arrows. You, you already know that. I mean, like that, that's, I just thought that was general knowledge to everyone. So what I will say is that uh, Hawkeye has long been, Hawkeye has long been the um kind of the afterthought of the avengers right and so i thought kate bishop in that final episode and it's spoilers because this is kind of recent she sums it up in like one or two lines where she says you are a guy who takes sticks and fires them at gods essentially and you never give up you you always have that perseverance he really is this he's just us he's us with really good aim Mm -hmm. And he's fighting against Thanos. You know what I mean? Like, so all of these other people that we know in the MCU, uh, for the most part, maybe, you know, Natasha, you could kind of go back and forth on whether or not the Black Widow program has given her some kind of special ability. But he is us in the MCU. And so I thought it was so cool. Like, even like that opening of the whole show where you see the Avengers fight of New York from a different perspective, from Kate's perspective, and you see Hawkeye jumping off that roof, which we saw in the movie as like kind of an afterthought, but here's from a different perspective. And this changed that young girl's life because then after her father died, she's like, I need a bow and arrow because of that. Like that writing was amazing. Like it was just so well done. And Haley Steinfeld, like introducing her, this like power star to the MCU, it's just going to pay dividends. And then look at her and Yelena. I mean, like Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld are just going to be chewing the scenery together for years to come. And that's going to be to our benefit for sure. So I will, I'll stop talking, but Hawkeye was real good. (laughs) Can we talk real quick about the LARPing? Because that, that was, was amazing. <laughs> and I loved it so much. As soon as I saw the sticker, I was watching it with TJ and I just I smacked him. I was like, look, do you know what's coming? I was so excited. <laughs> You know, that did remind me a lot of the uh, LARPing episode of Supernatural, too. Just how, like, you know, these tough people, like, get in there and then they actually just start really loving it. Um, it's just, will you just kill me, please? Yeah. I just want to be done. Kill me, please. I, I totally agree, though, um, with both of you, because this series was really fantastic. Again, I do feel like the last episode was a little rushed. I feel like they were getting to a lot of stuff really quickly. Again, it's give me two more episodes, Marvel, just two more, and we can do this, okay? But yeah, uh, Kate Bishop is a revelation. She's going to be so fantastic for many years to come. And yeah, Craig, I love how they keep coming back to this Battle of New York um, and really keep coming back to the original Avengers in a way. It seems like our MCU universe is really kind of like deifying the Avengers right now in many ways. I mean, I know Rogers, the musical is a very funny thing. And uh, just shout out to Adam Pascal and everybody who made that so freaking amazing. But it does seem like, you know, these these uh, OG Avengers that are now like, you know, out of the way and now we've got this new wave coming in are really starting to get this like, um, 
you know, historical perspective treatment where, you know, they're kind of pumped up in a way, you know, like adding a shield to the Statue of Liberty. That's kind of a weird, like crazy thing. You would think that nobody would ever be okay with something like that. So I'm interested to see if they keep doing that. Um, but yeah, this series was just so much fun and shout out to big Willie, big, big Willie Fisk coming back into the, the MCU. Fantastic. When he broke that arrow off Talk of about spoilers, like, holy crap. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> No, I, that all good, all good things. I will say that, you know, like, um, that Spider-Man is out there as a menace, but luckily I have no idea who he is. So maybe <laughs> we'll find that out. Maybe we'll find that out later. I do want to point out too, like Hawkeye does take place in the future. So I really hope that IRL, we get the Captain America shield on the Statue of Liberty. I'd be 100% okay with that. I just need an actual real life yeah. Rogers the Musical. I will buy tickets immediately. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> I'm not convinced like that it's not already written. <laughs> People know, were I so mean, mad. People were so mad online about that. I, like, I lived for that in credit. In fact, yes, I, I, I loved sent it. Jeremy, I sent Jeremy a text and I said, I said, buddy, stop what you're doing. Don't watch the episode. Just watch the end credit of Hawkeye and he's like what is there like something really big happening it's like Adam Pascal's happening (laughs) (laughs) although to be fair I did listen to the full version of the save the city online like right after that episode so it is one of those things but I I did love that like Marvel's just like we've given you enough crazy end credits we're just gonna have some fun with this one (laughs) and it was totally fantastic we also got lucky the pizza dog and that yeah, makes lucky. Me so happy because I love Lucky so much. Also, we do love, and one of the things I can't take credit for this, I think it was Eric Voss on New Rockstars, but he so pointed out like the end shot of that series with the target in, in, in framed in the foreground. You think about it with Endgame, that is where Ronan's story begins, isn't it? Yeah. When Layla dusts right there in front of that, and then we bring it full circle right back to that very same spot to the end of Ronan's arc. Again, Feige and the MCU, they just know what they're doing, people. Me- Megan, real quick, I want 30 seconds on your feelings about Mockingbird in the MCU and it not being the Mockingbird from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It could be. I have a lot of feelings and I talked to Jacqueline about this today because I keep kept waiting for her to watch the finale so we could talk about the fact that Laura was Bobby, but she's not Bobby, which no I already way. knew. She's not. All right, all right, all right. I just, I, that, I, I felt for the two of you when that happened. Um, all right, so we should probably move on because Marvel's already- Before we move on, I we do... have to talk about Echo because she's amazing. Oh, and that right, scene right, with her was so good. Or the, the episode that like focused on her was oh, yeah. so, so, so good. That beginning scene where you find out about her dad and all of that, so good, so good. Also, real quick, and then also one other thing too, Pickett, we need your opinion because we broke out about Hawkeye at C2E2, so we need your opinion on Hawkeye. But um, can we talk for like two seconds about how like Yelena was snapped and how like we saw the snap from her perspective? God, that was that so was cool. like so cool. Yeah, if that doesn't that get really- if that so doesn't cool. get some kind of a award, like I'm rioting is all it is. But all right with you. Yes, small but mighty. No. <laughs> listen th- this show was was uh, a really fun ride um i i, I love Haley steinfeld uh, it's it's my guilty pleasure not so guilty i don't know but uh but i love her and her as kate bishop was a lot of fun um i i love like that like that uh that funny needy like i'm calling you every five seconds it was freaking hysterical also reminded me of my teenager so there was a bit of like a 
Uh, but other than that, no, this show was so much fun. Uh, I did love Lucky the Pizza Dog because, come on, it's Lucky the Pizza Dog. <laughs> Anyways, I can go on about this show. As, as Mitch could probably tell you, I love it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And I was, I don't, it was, it was the one show I told everybody, I'm like, I didn't even want to see the show. Honestly, I, I was bored. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. Just, you know, check it out. Maybe it's, it was awesome. It was amazing. Excellent. Excellent. So we are in our top two now. Number two had received a lot of award consideration. It, it had a lot of Emmy nominations. And it was the first show that Disney Plus brought to us uh, in back in way back in January, I believe, is when it premiered. We have WandaVision coming in at number two. All right, I can talk about WandaVision. Megan has feelings. <laughs> Megan has feelings. Megan has feelings about WandaVision. First of all, it was perfect in every single way. Um, I really loved WandaVision, and I loved it for, for multiple reasons, not only just because I'm a Wanda Maximoff stan, um, but I really loved trying to guess every episode what sitcom they were emulating because I'm a pop culture freak, especially TV. Like I grew up watching sitcoms. But also, it's not fair for a brand new mom to watch the finale of WandaVision. And when they, when she, and I can't even talk about it because I'm probably going to start crying again. When she says the line, which everybody knows, but I can't say it out loud because every time I talk about it, I literally burst into tears. I was broken. Like, it shattered me. <laughs> so, I think, it, I think it was absolutely perfect in every single way. And I wish we were getting 17 more seasons of it. Can I just say, can I butt in real quickly and say mm -hmm. that uh, Phil Funkenbush mentioned that he's listening to our conversation and he's loving it. And speaking of perfect in every single way, that describes Phil Funkenbush. So that's all I had to say. Um, <laughs> but, but go ahead. Uh, someone else can talk about yeah. what's going on. So this show, this show caught me off guard. I, I didn't know what to expect from it. Um, I didn't see a lot of trailers or a lot of information i didn't read any of the comics or anything I, I'm, I'm not a comic book guy uh i'm just a nerd who loves fun things so um when i went into this i didn't really know what to expect and so i start watching i'm like what is this like what is happening are they doing like this weird thing and then like you start realizing it's just something's off and i was hooked the second i realized there was something off i couldn't stop watching it it it, it had me so like i'm like i gotta I'm, i've never watched since like you know in high school i haven't watched a show week after week just as soon as it came out and this was that show for me yeah i love just like once you kind of like figured out like hey they're doing something bigger than this because like at first it's kind of like oh they're just like you know like almost parodying like you know like tv shows from different decades but then once you kind of realize oh no this is actually something like yeah it was just like oh my gosh this is awesome um also like kind of going along the lines of um you know save our city uh or save the city uh but like agatha all along that theme song yeah i kind of yes. when, when we saw that like i kind of watched that on on a loop on youtube for <laughs> i don't know about 17 hours straight <laughs> I was just more Catherine Hahn. We get more Catherine Hahn with Agatha. Like, Wait, it's it's so great. song for a About to say, like the get, number one like downloaded song. You're gonna get you're gonna get season two with House of Harkness. Uh, I think that's gonna be a Wandavision season two. Basically, um, I agree with what everybody said. It's the the execution was perfect and flawless in this show. Um, the way that they aped on all of them and the way that they slowly peeled back that mystery, um, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Because I. 
I don't know if the phenomenon can be just, it was the first Marvel show to be there weekly. It's our first weekly dose of MCU stuff. And it was very mysterious. Um, and it was these, this hero that we haven't gotten a lot of time with, but that is so fascinating in every way. Um, but like her and Paul Bettany, man, they just so amazingly knock it out of the park. The acting again, and this is what I'm loving about all these MCU shows. They give the actors time to do their stuff. And, you know, that really is what sets apart the MCU from other genre fare in either movies or television. It's characters we love. It's characters we've come to know through action pieces. But now we get to dive deep into them. Um, you know, the episode where we're flat back through Wanda's past and you know we see all these moments um, and especially the line that is the line that I keep taking from this which is of course vision what is love, uh, grief but love uh, enduring or persevering I think it is just insane it just breaks you in every way especially when you you see that so I love that they give us time because Endgame and Infinity War were really the first time we had great big stakes in the MCU you know all these other movies, you can still say they've got this veneer of that comic book film that, you know, okay, the heroes are going to win, the villains are going to lose. You know, Infinity War and Endgame gave us real consequences that we can't go back from. And I love that the first one out of the gate lets us deal with it. It doesn't try to undo it. It tries to show you how someone with this immense power is dealing with that grief and what can happen and the atrocities that they can commit when they're controlled by their grief like that. Um, it's really a deep cut, especially for what would be seen as a comic book property. So um, a big swing, a really great swing. I, I love everything about this, this show. Um, just no notes. Perfect. Perfect show. Speaking of perfect, let's go to our number one. So what, number what one, this one be? across the board, except for Mitch, who really likes Hawkeye. And I Hawkeye. will tell you, okay, so this is, so this is where I, I literally sent Jeremy a text and Jeremy can confirm this. And I said, what is wrong with the Geek Awakens guys? Because <laughs> he used a lot more initially, yeah. <laughs> initially, they had this ranked last and i was like wait what's going on here it turns out that i did not explain myself very well and they thought that they were giving like points away to and most points means the most wins or whatever but i was like what did spite what did spoilers what did andrew garfield do to pick it and why did it hurt him so bad that he put it last so uh andrew we garfield made talk about and crying boom so bad that he had to rank him last that's what spider-man no way home is your number one mcu property of 2021 and uh just real quickly i'll, I'll throw in my two cents I, I thought it was an excellent film in that it didn't just bring in our other spider-men just to bring them in as cameos it truly gave them a reason to be there and a reason for me to want to revisit their past and it did uh, so many great things like uh, Spider-Verse did before it in giving us all these different perspectives of what it means to be Peter Parker and what it means to be Spider-Man. It also gives a redemption arc to a lot of those villains as well. There are some flaws in the movie. Sure. There's in every movie there is, but I can watch this movie so many times over and I can't wait. It's like, it's one of those films because it's owned by Sony. It's not going to go to Disney plus right away. So I'm going to buy it like the second that I can digitally, because I want to watch it again and again and again. And I'm so glad I experienced it in a theater. It was my first film back uh, since the pandemic began. And it's the first film to gross over a billion dollars since the pandemic. And so it uh, definitely earns those accolades, but uh, that's it. That's all I will say about Spider-Man no way home. I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. Uh, the reason why I ranked it last is they killed off Aunt May. Um, <laughs> 
Man, that, but Marissa Tomei, it was funny because I'm sitting there next to Jeremy. First of all, going to a, going to a movie with Jeremy is like a, you know, those 4X movies where they have like all the, uh, the rumbling around you. You don't need that if you're with Jeremy, because what he does is he grabs your leg and he starts shaking my leg while I'm like, while this is going on, he's just shaking me. And he's like, Hey buddy, buddy, something's happening. So over here. I, I literally physically like hit Jacqueline in the theater every time something happened. We were hitting each other. I was hitting TJ. It was just slapping. And that's how I was a new person. I was like, Jacqueline. Guys, you don't you don't understand how bad it is when you're trying to kick out and the only person next to you is a seven-year-old and she doesn't get it. <laughs> and you exactly. slap her and it's it's considered child abuse. Right. Right. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> no, it, it was it was a perfect experience, a perfect movie, but I will uh, yield the floor to anyone else that wants to speak about Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. In, in all seriousness, though, like this movie was just it was so phenomenal. But like the the Aunt May scene like was genuinely shocking to me. Um, you know, we just kind of always assumed that, you know, we just missed out on Uncle Ben's death, you know, whatever, you know, we got the whole with great power thing. But no, she gave us that and she gave us the the right, you know, passage. And then she died and I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. And then um, when we thought that Green Goblin was going to kill uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, like, my jaw literally dropped like to the point where like my nose came out over my mask. Um, <laughs> but also just like just how heartbreaking it was like at the very end at the cafe with uh, Peter Parker, you know, like he was going there to reintroduce himself to MJ. And then he's like, I'm not going to do this because it's safer for her. Like that was just like heartbreaking to me. And that that is Peter Parker to me. Like he is always the type of person that is just like, you know, he's going to do whatever for the greater good even if that means hurting himself absolutely oh listen just incredible the 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 one scene about this whole movie uh for me it was the web shooter scene you guys know what i'm talking about <laughs> because like that was always like the thing like the one thing that I, I didn't know again i wasn't the comic book guy so when when the original spider-man came out i was like oh this is how it is and then, like, <laughs> even though, like, the cartoon was around, I didn't watch it when I was a kid. I didn't watch that until I was a grown-up. Um, so, you know, I, I just never understood the concept of, of web shooters. And then, you know, I love they brought it up, and it was fun. It was a good time. I love that, too. Like, uh, wait, wait, what? It's organic? And then they're like, does it come from anywhere else? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, that whole, no. scene, that whole scene in the lab was just so perfectly written. You know, we have a we have a friend that uh, saw that with us that hated all the milking of those scenes. And I was like, no, no, that is perfect. That's what we all want to see. This is exactly what they would be saying. They'd be comparing notes and stuff like it's, it's an absolutely perfect scene. But, um, you know, we haven't actually done our full review on this film yet. Um, it is coming. sometime soon. Um, Very soon. But, yeah, it, it is one of those things like those who want to dismiss it as fan service. Fine, fine. It is cool. And that's great. You know, like sometimes fan service 
is good, especially when it's done this um, logically. Um, so, you know, I've seen so many reaction videos of the portals scene where they're both coming through and just everybody losing their minds. And you know why? It's because this movie isn't just a third movie in the Tom Holland series. It literally is kind of an encapsulation and a in a, a tribute to 20 years of Spider-Man on the big screen. And that I think is really where the power of the film comes from. That's why it's making a billion dollars in 10 days. Uh, that, you know, that's why people are flocking to the theater to see it, even in the midst of, of another variant surge is because it makes them feel good about what they've invested in so heavily over the last couple of years. And I love that it redeemed Tom uh, or that it redeemed Andrew and, and Toby in a way, um, you know, Toby's, uh, you know, his, his franchise ended very strangely because of studio interference. Andrew, I never felt got a very good shake um, at what he was doing as Peter Parker. I think they were right on the cusp of it. Um, and, you know, then again, studio interference, we got to get Green Goblin in there with Dane DeHaan's character in the second one. I think this one really showed off what those two actually really did bring to those roles and that they were vital and that they were important. And now I don't know about you guys, but I don't want another Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I really, really do. Because I do too. So I think we're going to get it. He I, talked I about going to the dark side and I really want to know what that was. I really, really want to know what that was. I, I think that, Oh, go ahead, Jacqueline. I just want to talk real quick about Willem Dafoe. And oh, how much yes. of a freaking genius that man is. Like, he is Green Goblin and will always be the Green Goblin. But he was so flipping fantastic. Because, like, you feel so bad for him when he's with Aunt May and they're at the thing and everything. But then you see the switch and you're like, ah, uh, there he is. And it's just perfect from there on out the entire time. Yeah, it's I look, so good. I looked at Sarah, uh, my wife, when we were uh, in the theater. And when he, when, yeah, when uh, Tom Peter puts his hand on like webs his hand to that lamp, the change in Willem Dafoe's face. I was just like, how do you do that? Like that, that is a skill that I do not know how people possess. Cause that was just so amazing. And then he was really brutal in those fights too. He freaking power bonded through like, three yeah. Yeah. that was some brutal. I know, man. Yes. And I'm told like Defoe said, like he really wanted to do the stunts. That's why he came back. So I think it was mostly him and a lot of those. He was just so excited to be included. <laughs> I'm, so, ex I'm so excited to be, to be here. here. I'm just happy to be here. Um, speaking of happy to be here, that is the end of our MCU ranking. Yes, it did take an hour, Mr. Host. Good luck uh, giving us the rest of this rundown in roughly an hour or so. Um, but I hand this back over to you, sir. But you know what? It was well worth the hour. And uh, we are going to go ahead and move to other TV shows that uh, that came up this year. And I'm kind of scared because I feel like this first episode or this first TV show might take up the whole second hour because of Craig and Jeremy. But um, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and get this one out of the uh, out of the gate. Uh, tell me why. Convince me to get Apple Plus and to try out Ted Lasso. Well, hey, all you Lasso-holics, welcome to an episode of Peanut Butter and Biscuits with Jeremy and Craig. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I will tell you, Mitch, I am going to Venmo you $5 right now because then that way you can just get a month of Apple TV Plus and I can change your life by uh, having you watch a show called Ted Lasso. 
I was about to say, Mitch, I mean, the way that Apple TV plus keeps trying to give away subscriptions with like any Apple purchase. I mean, like just go and just go and buy like a charger cord. They're going to give You're it an to Android you. guy. I, aren't you? I'm yeah, I'm a Samsung guy, though. That's the uh, thing. Fine, man. Just go just go and buy like a case and you're fine. Like, <laughs> buy the cheapest Apple product. They will throw Apple TV plus at you just <laughs> just for fun. Um, yeah. But Craig, do you want to start off the pitch? Uh, I, I just we, we got a big baby. baby. Sorry. Uh, no. Uh, what I, what I liked about Ted Lasso this year in particular, because it came out in 2020, and we did start our show this year, uh, is that this year they really tackled mental health as an issue, and they seem to be really ahead of the game when it came to mental health uh, in athletics, but also in real life. Ted goes through a lot of tumult in this uh, season and talks about the ideas of therapy and why he himself has not found therapy to be a good answer to some of his problems. And he starts to work through those. And I think that the comedic writing and the character development is better than any show out there. I would put it up against any show out there. It won the Emmy for best comedy in its first season, but it, it's just it's a remarkable show in so many different ways because these characters are so compelling. You enjoy it. It's a show about soccer that has nothing to do with soccer. It's all <laughs> about the positive affirmation, the positive psychology uh, of Ted Lasso, and then also the mental health that we all probably could focus on a little bit more here in 2021 and going into 2022. And I can't wait to see what happens in 2022 with the show in season three. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those. It, it is about soccer, but it has shockingly very little uh, soccer, <laughs> actual soccer gameplay in it, um, which is good because, you know, I actually my wife, Sarah, just watched both seasons in two days. Um, and she was very vehemently like, no, I don't like soccer. I don't want to watch it. You're talking about it too much. You made a freaking show about it. Like, I, like <laughs> at that point, it's like a vendetta, right? But she watched the first episode and was just like, okay, let's keep going. And then she was sending texts to her mom and to her best friend saying, you've got to watch this show. And Craig's right. It's just very fun. It's, it's positive. It's optimistic, but it doesn't give you like a pie in the sky version of life. It deals with problems. It deals with real problems problems. It just deals with them in real ways and says it's okay to also keep a positive outlook while that's happening. Um, and I think that's where most of the, the fan base for the show really comes in. And then you get the brilliant comedy um, and the merch, a la the Roy Kent effect, as I'm wearing right now. So um, highly recommend it. It was a great season. It was deeper. It was a lot more dramatic, but it still kept that Ted Lasso charm. So everybody get in there and buy merch. There you go. It, it's it's wonderful. Definitely go check it out, Mitch. I need your Venmo ID. I'm very serious about sending you five bucks so you can. You get, will watch uh, it in, in a Apple matter TV of days, Plus. man. You really will. It, it, the episodes go so quick. You do not want to stop. So. All right. Um, so, yeah, by I, the I, way, I, j just to bring out the chat to the real life here. Jacqueline just said, "I thought I was obsessive over things, and then I remembered how Craig feels about Ted Lasso, <laughs> so I thought I was okay." Yeah, don't hide so that. Thank I've you. said that to I Megan more than up. once, and I'm like, sometimes I think I go overboard, and then I remember Craig and Ted Lasso, and I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, man, don't don't yeah. save that for our private chat. Mean, Bring that into the world, Jacqueline. I didn't want to interrupt. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> we all know how Jacqueline feels about Beauty and the Beast and Chain of Christmas. Okay, she brought it up in like every episode last year. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Now, 
Now, Jacqueline, do I have your permission to use that quote just on like my personal personal anytime. Facebook page? Like anytime yeah, you want, like, just credit me. Like okay, absolutely. That I said it, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I thought I was Maybe obsessive over things, yeah. and then I remember how much Craig feels about Ted Lasso. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hopefully we convince you. I mean, that you. was love, Craig. I really do. <laughs> you you did, and we'll we'll talk about Venmo uh, off air. Um, <laughs> But so for the other uh, items on this list, I'm going to kind of go through them somewhat quickly um, to kind of get try to get through everything. So when I mention something, if you if you've talked about it, if you have feelings over it, uh, then by all means, jump in. OK, um, so another thing that keeping with Apple Plus, um, we also just had like the other Apple Plus shows like what else? You know, Craig, once you Venmo me five dollars, what else do I need to watch on Apple Plus? I'm the one that added this. I just wanted to throw out there that they've had some really killer content. So uh, shows like Foundation and uh, Foundation is something you would absolutely love, Mitch, uh, and Invasion. I haven't really watched a lot of those yet, but I did see a show called Trying, which uh, per particularly the ladies of this podcast would absolutely love the, the sitcom Trying. So check that out. And then uh, there's just a lot of really new and burgeoning content on that platform that I don't think gets a lot of uh, talk about because no one has Apple TV plus. Right. So, and if you do, you watch Ted Lasso and then you turn it off. There's a lot of really cool content on there definitely go and check it out. I just wanted to put a plug in there for that and no, we're not getting paid by Apple. Although yeah, Apple, no, if, I mean, Mr. Apple, Tim, guys, yeah. Tim Apple, if you would like to <laughs> sponsor Apple. our podcast, please let us know. Yeah, to, to just real quick on Craig, there's a also a great show if you like creepy stuff. M. Night Shyamalan's Servant is really good on there. They're about to come out with their third season. It's really, really strange and off the wall. So if you like some really weird stuff like that. And there's that podcast show too. Oh, I cut you off. Yeah, that Calls. Uh, calls, I think it, it, it's called. Uh, <laughs> that's a fun sentence to say. But Apple TV, it really is unique, guys, because it's all original content. They don't do catalogs, back catalogs of anything else. Everything you see on there is an original show or an original movie. And it's really, really interesting. So give it five bucks. Give it a try, guys. Uh, next up is Succession. So I included this on the list because I assumed someone had might have seen it. Uh, I have tried it several times and I can't get into it, but I, I have been told that it is the best show on television. Uh, it's about essentially the Murdoch family um, and like who's going to take over the Fox empire when he dies it essentially is the premise of the show. But I only threw it on there because I knew it was a big deal. I'm not sure if anybody on this Zoom calls watched it though. So maybe it's not a big deal into the geekdom. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Um, next up is a big deal to the geekdom. Uh, I, ha I personally have not watched this one yet, but I want to, it's on my to watch list, which is longer than my to read list. So, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, but wheel of time. Wheel of time is a show I want, I I've been trying to get into, but it's, it's been kind of slow in the first episodes. And that is where my geek resolution comes in. It's that idea of like trying to get into fantasy. And I know that Robert Jordan, like these books, I don't, I don't even know how many books that that man has written about the wheel of time series. I think it's so probably many. in the twenties. So many it, I've read some of them. And my mom I'd say has. you, you read like, I, I was listening to your episode today, Jack, you read like 65 books a year or something, right? <laughs> Not so, yet. That's, my grandma's in like the 400s, but 
but I've read I've read some of the Wheel of Time but there's like a lot I know that my mom has and everything so I want to try this show but I just haven't haven't gotten to it yet because I have a a watch list and it's just have to get through it first I think it's really interesting that Amazon Prime strategy is the fantasy genre so they took Wheel of Time obviously this huge property and then next year we're going to get the Lord of the Rings series which they already have like in the first season, they're already going to spend a billion dollars on the first season between the rights and then also filming it. So obviously they think that that's going to be a big win for them. Um, And I could see them getting like some of the Brandon Sanderson like pieces and stuff like that too. And, and really like making a niche for themselves where they are going to be the platform that supports fantasy. So uh, this wheel of time, I think I'm, I'm excited to check it out more than I have, uh, but looking forward to it in the future for sure. Uh, next up was Cobra Kai. Anyone? I like, like how like everyone like somebody like, added this worried list. About, <laughs> I, I definitely put Cobra Kai on the list because I started this list out. Cobra Kai is excellent, and uh, by the time this drops, the what is it is going to be the third season or the fourth season of Cobra Kai? The fourth season will be dropping on Netflix very soon. This show talk about like nostalgia overload. I didn't care that much about karate kid, but now I love the karate kid. And I like that we're revisiting this way of like taking something that you loved in the past and then bringing it forward much like honestly, like Spider-Man no way home where we loved those Tobey Maguire movies but now we feel like a special connection to them because they're referenced in a property that we really care about today. And Cobra Kai has done so many good things for the Karate Kid franchise. I'm glad that they jumped from YouTube over to Netflix because um, they were given a big, bigger budget, obviously, but then also like people were able to see it. So I had not watched Cobra Kai until basically the beginning of this year because it was on like that, like specifically the YouTube TV or whatever. And it just wasn't something I was going to grab another uh, streaming service for. Unlike Ted Lasso and Apple TV, Mitch, you should definitely get that. But uh, the... I I really enjoy Cobra Kai and the story that they're telling. They're going into Karate Kid 3 this season, and I'm excited for where it's going from there. But Jeremy, you've seen Cobra Kai, right? Correct? Yeah, I mean, it's no notes on what you said there. It is. It's just, um, you know, obviously anybody who is a uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother fan will know that uh, William Zabka is a uh, poet uh, extraordinaire, and I'm glad that he's gotten some redemption here because I love how that first season dumped that whole character on his head and really redefined it. And now you're right. They're really kind of digging into the, uh, I don't know if you could say there's a karate kid lore, but they're really digging into the uh, back catalog of those movies there. And again, just redefining those characters for a new generation. And it's, it's working every single season. So get on it guys. And now that's the end of my list. So now I don't awkwardly have to jump in uh, and talk about everything. So Mitch, I think you're up next. Yeah, yeah. This is where I get to jump in awkwardly. Um, So the next one is Cowboy Bebop. And like this was a show when they announced it on Netflix. I was like, okay, this looks kind of interesting. I'm maybe in for it. Uh, I never watched the original anime or anything like that. Uh, I knew that it was a thing, but that was about it. Uh, And then so honestly... And full disclosure, I'm not finished with the season yet. But like when we were kind of ramping up talking about uh, the Geek Year in Review, I was like, well, this probably would end up being on it. So let me give this a shot. Let me start this. And oh, my God, this is so 
amazing um this show like and and i know that it's gotten a lot of hate uh a lot of the people who have watched the original source material do not like this adaptation and that's fine and if i saw the original adaptation i'd probably agree with them i or, or maybe i don't know but for me somebody who is completely blind to it this is such an amazing show it's a mix of you know it's a mix of western and space you know it, it's kind of got that like firefly serenity feel to it in in that respect but it's just like this is just such a fun show and it's just like one of the things that's really weird because like i am not a smoker but um spike the main character uh he does smoke and like in 2021 to see somebody like smoking cigarettes you you don't see that with characters but like to see somebody doing that it's like it's kind of weird but i'm like this is almost refreshing because it's something that you don't ever see anymore. I was really surprised when this one was canceled by Netflix almost yes. immediately. And yeah. also the next show we're going to talk about, you and Mitch, you and I, we have a spiritual connection about the next show that we're going to talk about. And I think that it's uh, somewhat pandemic related that uh, some of these shows are being taken off and it's mainly because of contracts and how things have worked out with that. Uh, but it is a show I want to go and check out. And I do know that like, some people didn't like that. So basically my understanding of the anime is that it's more of an anthology and like, so it kind of jumps into stories throughout. And then uh, this was more of like a serialized version of that. And so people didn't necessarily dig that, but I am excited to check it out. Cause anything that you can say that is much like Serenity, um, I think that that's uh, remarkable and definitely one I want to check out. Serenity is like one of those shows like Ted Lasso, that's just amazing. So you oh. should check it out. Everyone start taking a drink every time. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, Megan literally just popped a beer. Or no, okay. <laughs> oh, it's a Coke. This You're doing long... Coke? God, what kind of show is this, Megan? This, this is no longer the geek year in review. It's just the Ted Lasso year in review. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> so next up is... <laughs> next up is Why the Last Man... And like I mentioned earlier, there are two comic book properties that got me back into comics. It's the Matt Fraction and David Aha run of Hawkeye, and it's Why the Last Man. And again, I'm not finished with this season because I got through, I think, episode three or four, and I still plan on finishing this season. But like, oh, my God, I'm I uh, I am one of those people that can usually separate different like separate adaptations from their source material i'm okay with that uh but they have ruined why the last man with this series Woo! um coming in hot <laughs> like brace people brace for impact <laughs> um how they have changed uh hero brown's character who is uh so york is you know he is the main character hero is his sister how they have changed her character into somebody who is so damaged and everything just has like it just it shocks me almost um and also like adding how like so in the comic book jennifer who is york's mom who is also like a u.s senator like in the series she has divorced her husband and it's all, all a big secret or whatever but in the comic book that wasn't a thing like so like you're adding in extra drama that is not needed um i like York, like I, the the actor who plays York, I like his interpretation of the character. I love uh, the the woman who plays uh, Agent Three Fifty Five. She is fantastic. 
um, those two are really the only reason why I'm going to continue on with this series. But like, man, I was I was so excited for this series and it has just been such a huge letdown. I think what they did wrong was that they assumed that they would get uh, such a longevity in this series when they started writing it. And I think that they needed to tell the story quicker. And so the the fact that they have not uh, moved the plot along fast enough, I think is to their detriment. Now I mentioned that this, uh, this one directly impacted by the pandemic because this was actually set to film much earlier. They weren't able to do that because of COVID and all of that. And so a lot of these actors were on contract for a long time. And so that contract came due actually right after like the second or third episode aired on Hulu. And so basically at that point, Disney needs to make a decision. Are they going to keep this show going with FX or are they going to uh, not? And so I do think that this show might find life somewhere else. And I hope that it does. It's a beautiful story. I love the comics. I, I tend to disagree. I like, I like what they're doing with hero in this season a bit more than you do. I, I enjoy that you get a bit more of her backstory because in the comic books, it's just like, Oh, heroes here. And she's going to try to kill you. Um, but you know, like I, I do it. I, I enjoy this, this, way that this is being presented. I enjoy the cast that it has. I do wish they moved along a little bit faster. If you remember like in that comic book series, Mitch, like the first volume or flight, like, so the first like three or four comics, that's really when they're focusing on like the Republicans and the Democrats mm -hmm. in Congress. And because they cast Diane Lane uh, as who's going to be York's mom and then the president, she's, you know, she's the big draw. So they're going to draw that out probably for too long. I don't want, I don't care about York's mom, honestly. Like I want to see his journey moving forward and we didn't get there fast enough for me. Yeah. Um, just talking real quick about Diane Lane. Um, I will never say this enough. I mean, she's, she's done fine as, as Jennifer Brown, but um, I will go to my grave. Like, cause when I was first reading why the last man and I was kind of like doing fan casting or whatever. I always said that Kate Mulgrew would be a fantastic uh, choice to play, you know, York's mom. And I will go to my grave saying that they should have cast her, but that's, uh, you know, that's just me. I I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, so unless anybody else has anything to say about why um, we're going to move on um, to another streaming property uh, based on a comic book. Uh, this one has gotten a lot better reviews uh but that is invincible um i loved this show i loved it so much um uh, i am still trying to go through and read all the comics um but this is just with this like so the first episode just like you know like the first 90 percent of the episode is just like oh, okay cool so this is gonna be a show about you know like you know, like uh, this kid learning about his powers or whatever. And if you've never read the comic book, then that's what you're thinking. And then they kind of jumped forward a little bit with their after credits scene to uh, to show like, no, 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 no. This is really what this this cartoon is going to be about. And just that last, what, five minutes was probably about the bloodiest five minutes in animation in like the last five years. Um <laughs> But it was just like it just really immediately grabbed you. And in the comics, they kind of stretch out the fact that it was uh, Invincible's dad that basically killed their version of the Justice League. Uh, but they kind of just like in this first episode, they tell you exactly what's going on. And I, honestly, I feel like they did the right thing that time um, because 
again, just it, it just it had to grab you like it caught your attention and then they did not let go. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to echo what you say there, Mitch. This series is fantastic. And I also like that they went right for the jugular there because the people who are going to be watching this first episode are the people that are into the image comic and we're reading it and stuff. And you, you're not building a mystery for them. You know, they know what the big reveal is going to be. So by putting it right there out front, you really do give this a new way to tell this story that is both going to hook new people who have never read the image comic and for the people who've read the image comic, because now you get a whole new way of trying to experience this first story. Um, the voice acting is top notch. Um, you know, uh, any, anytime you get JK Simmons in anything, I'm going to love it. But I mean, like this is, this is a fantastic animated show and you're right. The, the finale is who buddy. Um, so just get ready for it. But there's been a ton of great comic book animation over the last couple of years. This, the Harley Quinn series on HBO, like there's so much of this, like everybody needs to be getting into these adult cartoon comic book series because they're not going to be around forever and they have never been this good. Uh, so, so get in on it. Invincible is a great jumping in point on Amazon. I'm just waiting for season three of Harley Quinn. Like you and me both. I need more King Shark in my life right now. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I'm just like waiting and waiting. I'm not a patient person. I'm getting real grumpy about it. (laughs) You're like, it's coming. When? Well, and we got that story about them writing it like uh, forever ago. For it, we have like that. I'm like, oh, that hilarious story about things um, and Batman, but. (laughs) <laughs> like we we didn't get much of a follow up after that. Now, for what it's worth, I mean, to maybe tide you over, hopefully, like there is a uh, comic book, I guess, almost spinoff of the uh, of the Harley Quinn series. So maybe you can check that out. I don't know. Oh, what's it called? Um, I Harley wanna, Quinn. It is. It is Harley it's Quinn. A Harley Quinn comic. I've probably read it. Yeah. But it's like I want to say I want to say kiss kiss bang bang, but I'm not 100. Yeah, percent Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's quite I go, all right. I go to bars. I go to book places, and I go to all of these things. I'm like, hmm, what do you have? That's Harley Quinn. I have it. All of it. Every single thing. <laughs> Megan sent me something the other day, and she was like, and I was like, yeah, I got it when it came out. <laughs> but thanks. Yeah. So according to this quick Google search, uh, Harley Quinn, the animated series, the eat bang kill tour. So thank you. I think is what it's called there, which again, is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then that does kind of lead into other like DC shows that were on DC universe, but now we're on HBO max and, you know, like as somebody who is a huge, huge Nightwing fan, um, you'd think that I would have eaten up, season three of titans but like i haven't gotten there yet i haven't gotten there yet and i want to i want to real bad but like it looks good i'm excited for it but i just haven't gotten there i mean like how nuts is it that we're in a world where we're like man there's too much geek content we don't have time to view it all like this is nuts man go back 10 years that was not a problem guys (laughs) exactly We did uh we did get in terms of dc shows um a really unique uh arc in the flash at the beginning of this season the armageddon uh, arc which was really fun um uh well we're spoiling crap here so i, I was a little I, I again i don't know any source material so i was a little uh kind of frustrated it's kind of like a reverse flashpoint um mm. but uh i really liked what they did with it um uh, another dc show that probably wouldn't get touched on much star girl um was really fun. We got to see the return of Jay Garrick from The Flash, 
uh, in Stargirl for for uh, one or two episodes, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and that show was really well done. Um, I haven't seen a lot of other DC shows, but I throw, I throw my two cents out about those. Those Doom CW Patrol shows really are great. Doom Patrol is really good on HBO too. They have a lot of fun with that show. So it's not it's not very serious or anything like that. If you're just looking for some stupid DC fun, it's pretty good. The second. I- New Year's resolution that I had that I didn't tell you guys that I can tell you now is that I wanted to like watch more and read more and like research more of like other comic things like other than Marvel because I know the most about Marvel and I know Batman and that's about <laughs> it so like I definitely want to watch more of the DC shows and all those other things so it's on it's on my list <laughs> someday we'll get there so two more uh TV shows to talk about real quick um First, I, I'd, I'd be remiss. You know, we had so much Star Trek, uh, you know, content this year between season two of Lower Decks and then also um, season three. And then they just started season four of Discovery. Uh, I personally haven't started the new season of Discovery. Uh, quick, like anecdote or whatever, while I was trying to catch up when I was uh, out with COVID, like during the summer, I was like, hey, I'm going to get caught up on some TV shows. And Discovery was one of them. <clears throat> And so here I am a season and a half behind on discovery and I'm watching like the first episode and CBS all access paramount plus whatever it's called now uh, decided to show me a commercial for all their new shows that are coming out. And they just spoiled a bunch of stuff with Star Trek discovery. Okay, cool guys. Um <laughs> I wasn't super mad because like I had already kind of been spoiled on the big points that they were talking about, but I was just like, cool. What, what if I hadn't done that? What if I had didn't know that they were in the future now? Awesome. But, um, but yeah, but like as much hate as discovery gives gets, I love this show. Um, I think that it's, it's a interesting take on the star Trek lore on the star Trek universe. Um, and I, I really feel like for the, you know the 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 hate that's especially season one gets like with every season they kind of get more and more into like the traditional star trek and then also like lower decks i can't say enough good things about lower decks i love that that show so much it's like it's it's the comedy version of star trek that the orville thought that it was going to be and don't get me wrong i love the orville but like but it's don't speak ill of the Orville. I am absolutely not. <laughs> but like, whereas everybody thought that the Orville was going to be a Star Trek parody. Like, no, it's like a 100% like, like tribute to Star Trek. Yeah. Lower Decks is a Star Trek parody while still being completely in the Star Trek universe. And I am 1000% here for it. I've only watched a couple of episodes, but I've really enjoyed what I've watched. It's just, I need, like you were saying, Mitch, like it's, there's so much content. I mean, like, Today, this more or like it was yesterday, Book of Boba Fett came out, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like I need to go figure that out now. I got to figure out when I'm going to watch that. So I, I totally get where you're at. And um, Lower Decks was phenomenal, so I'm glad that they're doing that. They're also doing a show called uh, Prodigy on Prodigy, Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon as yeah. well, and I think that's cool because that's supposed to be geared more towards kids. And I think it's a excellent idea to try to rope kids in at a younger age. Uh, you know, my my son's doing that whole like he's scared of everything right now. So so like even showing him Empire Strikes Back the other day, he was like a little worried about different things that were going on. Like, oh my goodness, what's happening to this person? Are they going to be okay? And it's like, they're in the poster for the next one. It's okay. Um, but you know, like <laughs> they, 
I think it's cool that Star Trek is trying to go into new generations, maybe even next next generation. generations. Ooh. Stop. <laughs> Have I told you about Ted Lasso? <laughs> Drink. All right, I'm leaving. Yeah, fair. <laughs> we'll now, see ourselves out. Now, is Ted Lasso in Squid Game? Uh, if there was a, skid, actually, if there was a Squid game, game, oh man, who would win? Ted Lasso Squid Ted Game. Lasso would that's an episode. That's an episode of Peanut Butter and Biscuits waiting to happen. I think. Mitch, you, you did this. You did Squid this. Gaming all the Ted Lasso characters. We could do that. We could do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Squid Game was. It was one of those shows that I didn't necessarily want to like because everyone else and their mother was liking it. I was like a week late to it, you know, like those times when you're like culturally about a week behind things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I'm going to check out this show because everybody wants me to. And then the first episode, I was just like, ah, this is just gory and gross and dumb. Mm -hmm. And then like the third episode, I was like, all right, okay. Now I see that I'm going to, I'm going to end up watching the rest of this tonight, aren't I? And so like three in the morning and I'm, and I'm watching the the last episode. It was uh, excellent on it's a you know obviously speaks a lot about the human condition but it's uh was a heck of a heck of a show for sure it's part of a giant wave of korean uh Mm -hmm. filmmakers that is just taking over i mean we got parasite a few Mm -hmm. years ago which won best picture uh bong joon ho has long been one of the best directors and now there's a whole thing there Uh, apple tv plus actually has a new series from korea called dr brain that's really really great um there's just a lot of stuff that's that's coming out uh of korea right now and they are really pushing the bounds of stuff um you know and and you're right craig the social commentary kind of uh overlies uh any kind of gore or sense of suspense there and the fact that they get it that well in the series it's just really really fantastic um and for the love of god people i keep saying this to those because i know people who have this hang up the subtitles are not a, that big of a deal guys like if you if subtitles are your hang up you're missing out on so much great stuff i watched it dubbed it was that was that bad i watched it I with did? both and it was really funny to see where it didn't match up the like oh, okay. dubbing and the subtitles were not the same you know it's and it was like weird because it was like the cursing was like it wasn't like they were like editing it more in one or the other. It was just like when they chose to use the words. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I mean, like if the very first thing you see is a dub version, it kind of like is fine mm-hmm. with you. But yeah, then when you like, if you do see like the subtitle version, you get the original inflection of the actors and it just mm-hmm. makes it feel completely different. That happened to me when I first saw Jackie Chan's Rumble in the Bronx. I saw the dub version and it was <laughs> like, oh, I thought that's what it was. And then I saw the like the actual Chinese version. I was like, oh, well, this is way better and i'm now the old one just looks ridiculous to me so yeah i i think it's whichever one you get to first can i admit something to all of you by the way um i the front row people know this about me and they they hate me for it but everything that i watch on netflix i watch at two times speed because i can um and so i definitely watch this at two times speed as well to quote jamie tart dude you philistine i'm just saying that (laughs) you are a monster (laughs) I need to get through this content. <laughs> no, hold on a second, guys. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm gonna take us on a bit of a tangent, but that reminds my son. Um, he's autistic, and and one of the things he he likes to do is watch videos on his on his phone or his iPad or whatever. And uh, on Netflix, has the ability to slow it down, um, and so he does as slow as you can. Um, and I don't know if anybody here has seen Home, 
and knows what the Boove death song is, but imagine <laughs> listening to that ridiculously slow. <laughs> Sorry, I had I had to. I'm sorry. See, I, I'm I'm the I'm watching now it at two times speed. So there you go. <laughs> now I want to so, go listen to it. So speaking of getting through content, um, y'all, we have like still four other segments to get through. Oh, so yeah. yeah, this is a thing. Maybe so, we should make sure that people have seen these movies because I put uh, some of these movies out there that I haven't seen. <laughs> so <laughs> we threw movies on there at the last minute too. So, but we have seen them. We have seen them. Yeah. If yeah. we don't get a show of hands, we could just be like, "Hey guys, go see this movie and tell us yeah. what you think." <laughs> yeah, fair. So um, the first one was uh, James Bond. He's James, it. and he's no time to die. Um, Anybody seen it? No, I watched yes. it. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. I've got it. I've got our screener copy of it, but I haven't watched it yet because I haven't actually watched Spectre yet. So I figure I should probably do that. I'm a little <laughs> couple years behind on that. It's uh, only slightly important. It's fine. So Jacqueline, what'd you think? I liked it. I mean, it was another James Bond movie. Um, they're all similar. I still love all of them. Um, we did an episode about it and I talked a lot about how I feel about James Bond. Um, I thought it was a good, I mean, we all know that Daniel Craig is done being James Bond now. Um, so I thought it was a good like send off for him and that kind of stuff. Um, it was cool. There's some cool moments to it that I thought were really cool, but I'm not going to like officially spoil them till people watch it if they want to watch it. Um, but watch it. I don't, you don't have to watch Spectre beforehand. Like I watched it when it first came out and I didn't remember half of the stuff that happened and it wasn't super important. So they just say the word a lot and you can figure out what happened. So <laughs> Daniel Craig had a quote saying, I would rather slip my wrist than play James Bond again. And then he played James Bond again for this movie. So I'm thinking that he wasn't necessarily into it. So that like drove me away from wanting to see it. I was like, oh, if he doesn't care about it this much, then maybe I won't. But Jack, if you think I should see it, then maybe I, I think you're going to like it. Oh, that was on brand. That was awesome. That thing. was awesome. <laughs> That's like when and, they say the title in the movie yeah. and you're oh, like, and oh, they said the title so in the movie. <laughs> but I also, I wish that there was more um, Ana de Armas in it because she's so cute and I love her so much. And she was just like really adorable in this movie. Get to see her knives out too coming up, man. I know. I'm so excited. So this podcast is going as long as Dune did. Yes, it is. Great segue because Dune is next. Um, Dune, I thought, was visually stunning. Um, Just fantastic visually. Um, The story, I'm not going to lie, kind of moved a little bit slow. Um, Also kind of moved like you have to to avoid the sand monsters. Um, But uh, yeah, like I... I'm a little, little a bit sad that it's a part one because by the time part two comes out, like I'm going to have to rewatch this because 100% I will completely forget everything that I saw with part one. Um, but I'm not completely mad about that because I don't know. At the end of the day, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed myself. Um, yeah, the acting was was pretty good. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Now, listen, I, I, I had not seen the original one myself. So... For me, this was uh, it was an enjoyable film. Uh, I I will agree there it was a slow starter, um, and it did pick up a little bit. And, and I was a little sad to find out it was a part one as well. Um, however, what I did watch, I enjoyed. I, I I think that you know 
there are people who played their characters very well. Um, and for me, that was a big deal. Like, I, I just, I felt like the, the actress did a really good job portraying the characters they're, they're trying to portray. As a geek, uh, as geeks, I think we need to recognize that this is going to be the film of the geek year that is nominated for Best Picture. So we probably should uh, enjoy that fact that we do get a little bit of recognition. I will say I thought it was, you know, having not seen the David Lynch Dune, having tried to listen to the, the, the novel on Audible and just kind of like being confused and turning it off. Um, I will say that it wasn't like a huge draw for me. I did watch it on HBO Max. Uh, and so maybe that was part of it that I was taking breaks within. Uh, but it wasn't like necessarily, it didn't like captivate me in the way that I hoped that it would. But I do could certainly agree that visually it was an epic movie uh, and it was definitely driving that visual arts forward uh, in a good way. So that's great. Uh, next up was Venom Carnage. Oh, yes. Let me pick up Lou Hare, our guilty pleasure host, uh, Torch here and carry the cause for, as he calls it, his sweet trash baby Venom. Um, I will say this, like, you just got to let this film come to you guys. I mean, like in the in the realm of like Marvel properties, it's just ridiculous and you just got to be OK with it and, and you will have fun with it. Um, I do like that Tom Hardy really seems very invested in this. And I find that <laughs> yes. hilarious um, because he is, of course, such a serious and accomplished actor. Um, but he really looks like he's having a lot of fun with this part. And again, Woody Harrelson proves he's one of the best actors of all time, let alone working today. Uh, again, watching these two go head to head. So much fun um, and a lot of stuff they can do here now i mean as we know venom has now left him a bit of himself in the uh mcu timeline earth 99999 if i remember correctly so this is going to be um a couple of things that we can we can possibly get some crossovers here now and i would be fascinated to see who the spider-man in venom's universe is uh, legitimately legitimately i can add this in right now the actor that was in that scene in the mid-credit also happens to play a role in Drink, everyone. In Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Guys, I said it to Craig about embracing violent content. Guys, step into our Ted Lasso. You guys, my shirt literally says beat everyone, and I think I'm going to have to beat Craig. <laughs> and mine yeah, says Craig's the Roy Kent effect. You just let it go. This guy. Lasso. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I liked Venom because it was ridiculous and stupid. You need that every now and then. The first one, I just think they just have some really, really good like one-liners and stuff. And I was watching it with TJ, and we were just laughing pretty much the whole time. We were actually in his basement, and his mom was like, "What are you guys doing?" I'm like, "We're watching Venom. <laughs> we're watching Carnage." She goes, "I thought that was scary." No, no, not really. Not. Not just been really a fun. Bit. Just really fun. It's real stupid. So speaking of scary, um, the next one up is Ghostbusters. Ooh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Who all seen this? Yes. Look at that. No, just the three of us? Man, that's crazy. Pick it. Why don't you start, man? Okay, so listen, this movie started kind of slow, but for me it was perfect because it really laid a lot of groundwork uh, for the characters that I had to be introduced to. Uh, so for me, it was it was uh it was nice. I thought it was a really slow, I knew stuff was coming, so I wasn't worried. Uh the second half of this movie was just act. Uh, so many things happened. Um, I absolutely love 
the way they brought in the original actors. I was, I knew they'd be there and I was really hoping it wouldn't be like some like stupid thing where they like just came in and they were gone. It was like, it was just, no, they did it really well. I was just super pleased with the way this film turned out. Yeah, it's definitely a nostalgia bomb uh, in every single way. Yes. In a very good way, though. Um, you know, they use the original music from the their um, Ivan Reitman's kid. Jason is directing it. Um, and yeah, they did. Uh, I'm I'm honestly what most excites me about this movie is I'm totally on board with that new Ghostbusters team, dude. Like I just give me give me those kids like learning to be Ghostbusters. Like that was so much Absolutely. fun. Um, and yeah, I, the only part that didn't quite work for me was like, you're right. Once it gets to the ending, um, you know, like the last like 40 minutes or so it's moving really quick. And I feel like they cut a lot of stuff out, um, because JK Simmons is randomly in this to speak one word and then get ripped up. So, I mean, like, it's just really, really strange to have an actor an Academy award winning actor to just be scenery um, in a movie like this. Um, but Hey, maybe he's just a really big fan but yeah it was great and i love that it was basically a big love letter to harold ramus and it felt that way it really uh i was tearing up a little bit at the end there yeah. uh the only thing that i'm going to add before we move on is the scene in uh in walmart with the stave puff marshmallow men um <laughs> that just like i i have never been like so like oh that's so cute like oh my god what are they doing like back and forth the entire time like I, I've never had that before, and I, that was amazing. Yeah, and did we all notice uh, the ice cream that Paul Rudd was picking out? Baskin Robbins, man, they always find out. <laughs> they were like so, like really adorable Sour Patch Kids, but yeah. worse. Yeah, but worse. Yeah. So next up um, was the Ryan Reynolds comedy Free Guy. Um, oh my gosh! How good was, was this so movie? Awesome. I this was so awesome. So oh, it was one of my favorites. It was so good. And you could tell that Fox uh, was bought by Disney about halfway through this filming. Cause then they're like, we have all the Disney properties now. <laughs> my favorite was Chris Evans. Oh God. Oh, that, yeah. cameo. that cameo yes! was so amazing. I saw oh. that movie accidentally because I knew that I wanted to see it, but I actually had just woke up from, I was taking a nap and my mom texted me. She's like, Hey, I'm going to see a movie. It's like, Oh, what movie? She was free guy. I was like, I want to see it. Like, why not? So we just went to this, went to the movies like randomly one day and watched it. And I was like, that was probably the best decision that I've ever made after taking a nap. <laughs> and it was isn't so that good. like, isn't it great when you like unexpectedly go to a movie, like yes. you're just like, Oh, I'm just going to go to that. Like, cause then you don't have that uh, built up anticipation. Yeah. I'm so glad that I got to check this movie out. It was so perfect. So and I did see that it is going to come to Disney plus like uh, at the end of February or else I would probably buy it digitally. Cause like, it is just such a good Sorry, show. I spoiled it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'll switch it out for a while. So next up comes from the uh, uh, dumpster fire as Craig calls it. That is DC uh, the suicide squad. Oh, pish toss. I loved this movie, man. I love so this good. movie. This movie, like, look, say what you want about James Gunn, everyone. Like, the dude knows how to write ridiculous. And is there anything more inherently ridiculous than the idea of the Suicide Squad? So, I mean, like, he's the perfect director and writer to do something like this. And, by the way, just a quintessential James Gunn opening of this film. I don't it's so good it's so i don't great. even want to give it away i like you you would think that that's the easiest thing to talk about 
I don't even want to say a single thing that happens in this opening because it is so jarring and so hilarious. I mean, like, I thought this was a really fun ride. Now, I will say I think it's about 20 minutes too long, but, you know, James Gunn, I can forgive that. But it's I thought this was a really, really fun movie, and I cannot wait to see the Peacemaker series now just because of this movie. You mean DC did a extra overly violent movie with a lot of crude humor? Oh, yes, color but me if shocked. You don't know, this 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 reminded me of Slither James Gunn. Like that's what this reminded me of, uh, just with with a budget. So I mean, like it was it was a lot of wit in here too. So, Nobody else. I'm the only one. I okay, I on. watched I'll it. Carry the banner. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it. No, I wasn't sure. I see things. I have and HBO Max. Asleep. I just want to say that the stunt that Margot Robbie does with the rope, she did herself on yeah. her first mm-hmm. try. Yep, it's all her. So on her that was first favorite. try. Yes, yep. one take. That's amazing. That is it amazing. Was the best. Also, I'm in love with her and all things Harley Quinn in case you haven't figured that out by now. <laughs> and it was just, she's always my favorite oh, part. The red dress. Okay. But I need, I'm going to make that dress. That's going to be my cosplay, you guys. You Harley, Harley Quinn, Ted Lasso death match. <laughs> oh, man. No, no just bring Ted, her on Ted to Ted, Ted Lasso. Ted would kill that would her. Would be <laughs> Ted would kill her with optimism. It's like she would be won over to Ted's side. She would no longer do crime, dude. That's false. <laughs> Considering we're going into hour two, I feel like maybe we shouldn't. Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. save that for yeah, next year's. It's going to be Jacqueline and Craig fight. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Glad we're doing this over Zoom right now. Um, <laughs> but the only thing that I really, I, I don't have anything to add to about the Suicide Squad. I enjoyed it. Jeremy, you kind of stole all, all the words I had for it. It was just, it was stupid, dumb fun, but I was here for every second of it. Uh, speaking of stupid and dumb, Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> you guys, we I was saw this, this movie. at the drive-in for Jacqueline's birthday. <laughs> oh, did you enjoy? So like, I enjoyed this movie if it was only Godzilla versus Kong. Like, I cared nothing about the human element. Like, I was I like, I was like, just give me, well, then it's every minutes. other Godzilla movie, so it's, but, it's par for the course. <laughs> but give me 45 minutes of just that fight, and then don't give me the hour and 15 minutes of Eleven going around with her podcast or whatever that was. Like, I don't care about any of that. Like, just just give me the Godzilla and Kong fight, and that's all I want. What I did like about it, and I will give them credit for this, obviously massively CGI, um, but they did it during the day. Mean, so, like, they started that real. fight at the night. <laughs> yeah it's kaijus are not real right Um, they did it during the they did it during the night the the fight started in the night but then it ended in the day and i always think that's impressive because a real cop-out for cgi wonder woman 84 is to put everything at night because then you can't see anything regardless of and like see how it looks they really did go here with these um with this cgi and i think that they did a good job with that yeah. And to that point also, like, uh, even though that was the start, the fight starts at night, the big penultimate one, the lighting that they do with all that neon in the city, like just made it look so damn cool. So cool. Um, Adam Wingard is a great director. He started with uh, a great horror film called your next, uh, did the Blair witch sequel. That was a secret Blair witch movie, um, that they revealed at comic-con that one year. Um, and then this, I think he's got a great eye for this kind of thing, because again, this, he didn't forget to give us the scale. Um, you 
know, by using uh, the little girl that can communicate with Kong, it really gave us that sense of scale of this movie of why they're this way. And I never thought I'd say this, but um, they built out the lore really well. Um, and I think that there's still more stuff we can mine here. I do love that they went the Mechagodzilla route and that it turned into this battle royal, man. I, I, I dug this movie a lot. So next up was actually the first movie that I saw back in theaters after the pandemic. And that was Cruella. Um, honestly, like I, I kind of forgot about this movie. I kind of thought that this movie was released. I don't know, like three years ago, but then, uh, but then <laughs> but because then time's lost all meaning. So yeah, but then it was added to the list. I was like, Oh yeah, it did come out this year. I don't remember that much about this movie, but I remember, I remember having fun. And I remember enjoying myself. So Cruella is so good. Always. I love Cruella. We also watched it in the drive. <laughs> With Raya, which was also amazing. Yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> if only we two. had a Disney guy to talk about this. Well, no, I was going to let the ladies talk about this one. Uh, but I really thoroughly enjoyed Cruella. I thought that Emma Stone did a perfect job. Uh, Emma Thompson, too. Like, the, the Emmas mm -hmm. playing off of each other in that movie were, were just spectacular. I will say my complaint with movies typically are that they are about 10 to 15 minutes too long. And I say that that probably holds true with Cruella as well. Although I love what they did with Horace and Jasper, Jasper. Um, Jasper. like those characters, they actually gave some life to them as well. Yes. They gave them a purpose, which I really thought was, was wonderful. They had uh, some odes to the classic 101 Dalmatians. It also was a really diverse cast as well. Uh, and I appreciated that coming out of a Disney classic as well. Uh, everything about Cruella, really enjoyed it. Glad that Emma and Disney made nice because I know after the Scarlett Johansson stuff and the lawsuits that were happening, uh, Emma was also thinking about going that route as well. And I think um, Disney rightly paid those ladies what they were worth uh, and gave them all the money. So uh, hopefully we get to see more of her as Cruella in the future. Yeah. And the only thing I'll call on this is that um, Craig Gillespie, the director, did a great job with the way he shot a lot of these sequences. Specifically, I mean, he's, he directed uh, I, Tanya, which I think was a, an amazing film from uh, a couple of years ago. But that um, big fashion show um, that she does, like with like where they're in the park and everything, the way he shot that with that handy cam style and like kind of moving so cool. along with everyone, it really gave you that great like punk rock sense. And this is also, I think, the winner for the best like movie soundtrack of the yeah. year. They yeah. spent mm -hmm. the money on the soundtrack and it showed. Also the it's costumes. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. costumes are freaking amazing. Yeah. yeah. The costumes are awesome. Several things I love about this movie. One thing I didn't like, I felt like the sequence at the beginning where she's a child could have been about half as long as it is. I think it takes too long to get into the, the like actual part of the movie, but the fashion, incredible. The needle drops, incredible. Um, great. It was so much better than I was expecting it to be based on the trailer. I I agree with that. And I'm okay with the revised history part too. Like they, it worked for Maleficent, I think. I think it can work for this character too. Emma Stone's that charming. 100%. One fault. And I brought this up in our in our episode too. At the end, when they're doing Sympathy for the Devil, the please allow me to introduce myself and they're panning over and she's in Hell House. They had the perfect moment for her to come out in the black dress and the black and white coat in the heels, and they blew it. <laughs> Way to go, Disney. You just needed one more pass. <laughs> Disney, can't you do anything right? Um, well, maybe they could have done right. This movie just came out uh, in, in, in Canto? In Canto? In Canto. Not, in Canto, okay. Um, um, 
I know nothing about this movie if I'm going to be real real. So I'm going to pass this off to others. I will just say that uh, all we're going to do is not talk about Bruno uh, in this podcast. <laughs> no, nobody talks about Bruno. <laughs> nobody talks about Bruno. No, uh, it's uh, it's or beautiful. Like um, it is uh, it, it's taking character development to the next level because this is so much more than just like those princess stories. Like Disney gets pegged as this brand that is just about these princess stories, blah, 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 blah. And, and as a Disney fan, I can tell you a million ways why that's wrong and why it's important that they had those princess stories 50 years ago because it established things that were needed in yep. the culture at that time. Uh, and now what they're doing is they're showing these different cultures and diverse voices and uh, showing these different heritages that people can uh, have. And so this is a, a tale about Columbia and it, it's beautiful. Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, hopefully wins his Oscar, which would get him his EGOT uh, for one of these songs out of Encanto this upcoming year. And uh, it's just a beautiful movie throughout. I, I really think that the visualization, you know, people talk about Coco being the most visually stunning Pixar film. That's this to it. me is the most visually stunning Walt Disney animation and probably even more visually stunning than Coco, wouldn't you say? Yeah, agree 100%. We actually just watched it yeah. today. <laughs> the details. like in there Oh, and then you're like, you let's put it on the list the because we watched it today. Ah, yeah, very I'm close. very excited. <laughs> but no it was so good I had so many like feelings and I had seen like clips of things because I scroll TikTok for hours a day um but it just I had so many feelings and they were all like right at my heart <laughs> like oh I can't do this but it was so 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 good the so representation good. is amazing in the movie too like they are and I want to say like they're checking boxes because I don't mean it that way but it was like bam 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 so whoever says Disney isn't progressive they're wrong take several seats yeah yeah and you know like this is the movie so they brought out Raya and the Last Dragon which could have been on our list as well it, again another really powerful story and like kind of an action adventure story uh, much akin to I mean it's very comparable to Mulan I think in a lot of what it does uh, and then they also had Luca from Pixar uh, which has been a story actually embraced by the gay community a lot and I mean those characters are not uh, necessarily gay uh, they don't come out during the the movie but that that feeling of like part partnership or having like someone that's in your corner that really was uh, brought about by Pixar and then in that movie. And then you have Encanto, uh, which I think is going to, between the three of them, I don't know which one ends up ultimately getting the awards. I imagine that, you know, because Disney usually has a lock on the Oscars with the animated feature. There is a uh, animated feature about uh, fleeing Afghanistan, which is called Flee, which might uh, upset it uh, potentially. Yeah, but I would say- It could also be documentary as well this year yeah and, and oh. also there's a mitchell ver mitchell's versus the machines which came out uh it was from Lord Miller, <laughs> which uh came out on netflix and and so that one also is a really good and, and that could have been on our list as well but we could literally be talking for the next though. three hours um but i i think in kanto in my mind out of the three uh disney pixar properties that were released this year in kanto to me is the one that's going to stick the longest yeah i agree 100 percent. but also don't watch it though it was we didn't even finish it. <laughs> oh. So the last movie on our list is also a, it, this one is legitimately a Disney princess movie. Um, it's Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! How mad were you that they didn't use that? Like, I, come I on. Was, I mean, a little. Didn't we get enough of that in the 90s? Guys? Mortal Kombat! <laughs> 
come on you know here's the thing about this movie man like i'm actually really big into like the lore of mortal kombat there's actually really great like comic book series and and also web series that kind of fleshes stuff out i don't think the movie still got there i still don't think it got there enough to what it could be this was better this was a better effort because they really took the time to try to give us some of that um the fighting is fantastic in it as you would want it to be um, in a mortal Kombat movie um but again didn't this just feel like it was like a part one like you know like it was just mm. like a setup movie for something bigger maybe we get it maybe we don't i think it made enough money uh to, to justify it but maybe pandemic studios aren't, aren't doing the exact same kind of uh, stuff there, but I thought this was a pretty fun effort. Um, definitely better than the other two Mortal Kombat films, though that bar is considerably low. Um, but I, I really want something that lives up to the lore of the Mortal Kombat brand. And I hope we get there. There are those I like, uh, Oh yeah. They're like those uh, YouTube series, right? Where um, yeah. filmmakers have gone out and done some of that lore, like you said. And also and I I'll remember like, you, the, there's the like Saturday game. morning cartoons, right? Of, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I mean, I know that the, uh, this whole thing started with a video game, but the most recent ones like Mortal Kombat uh, 9, 10 and 11 um, in the video game series, that's when they actually did a story mode for these. And those are great. Like they have those online where you can just do like the story mode clips and they play it like a movie it's fantastic there's a lot of great stuff you can mine from this um i just don't know if they have the infrastructure to do it yet i hope we get more because it was fun yeah i had nothing really to add to it because like i didn't really appreciate i haven't played mortal Kombat since i was a kid i didn't appreciate that there was like a story to it i thought it was just Mm -hmm. it's just two people beating them up until somebody rips somebody else's spine out um but like (laughs) as you do in a fight yeah uh but yeah i mean like so like this one was like the quintessential popcorn flick for me like it was just it was fun and action and just like i got to turn my brain off for a couple hours and it was fantastic yeah so all right so we got so the next segment is all about comics and i'm going to take the reins on this uh while i'm talking about this the last two things that we're going to talk about are other podcasts that you want to plug and then okay. also what uh, you're excited about for 2022. So speaking of turning your brains off, y'all can turn your brains off for about a minute and a half while I talk about comic books. And then, and but while you're doing that, think about those other two topics. So um, as I mentioned in the top of the show, my comic reading for 2021 was not stellar. Um, of comics that we reviewed on the Geek Awakens this year, um, Vault killed it with a lot of the titles that they put out. Um, I know everyone on the show really loved this series. It's called Barbaric. Um, it's about this uh, uh, barbarian who has a talking axe that gets drunk when it drinks blood. And it's it's just so bizarre and out there and just it's fantastic. Um, that said, like also from Vault, I was really a big fan of both the Blue Flame and Heavy. Um, they were some of my personal favorites of the year. Uh, aside from that, my favorite comic book of the year was Nightwing, which is should not be a surprise to anybody who knows me. But that is also thanks to the uh, current creative team of Tom Taylor and Bruno Ronaldo, who took over in March. Um, they kind they have definitely portrayed Dick Grayson as basically everything that I wanted. Um, we've also gotten um, Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon back together, which 
those two belong together, in my opinion. Um, but speaking of Tom Taylor, he takes my place as like my new favorite comic book writer. If, if not my favorite, definitely one of my favorites. Um, in addition to Nightwing, he's also currently writing Spider-Man. Or I'm sorry, Spider-Man. Jesus. We, were, we already talked about him. Superman. Uh, Superman, son of the Kal-El. Um, this is where John Kent comes out as bisexual. Um, also, Dark Knights of Steel. It's the DC Universe reimagined for medieval times. And also Sec Seven Secrets, which is a book about uh, a secret organization tasked with holding the seven biggest, biggest secrets of the world. Um, basically, everything that this man writes, just in my opinion, turns to gold. And it's fantastic. Um, yeah, if you do nothing else, like check out Tom Taylor and all the things that he writes and you'll make me happy. So can I add, can I add two uh, comics that I, by read? all means, by um, all means, they're not Ted Lasso. <laughs> they, they haven't made a comic yet, but Jeremy and I are working on it. Uh, <laughs> the nice house on the lake is a, a hell of a book. It's uh, I don't know where it's going yet. It's on a six month hiatus right now. So you can read the first six issues right now. Uh, it's a DC dark label comic. It's really good. And then Noctera uh, by Scott Snyder coming out of image is really fun. And it's this idea of like, basically they have this big PM, which is uh, the, uh, the sky goes black and they don't know why. And that kind of causes this sort of like post-apocalyptic kind of a adventure to go forward. And that's been a really good one too. But if I could recommend a comic to anybody this year, it would be the nice house on the lake. It's had six issues. It's real good. And you have a little bit of time because um, they're not getting back to it until I think that the first issue, the next issue comes out like in March or April of next year. So you have a little bit of time to catch up. Nice. So let's talk real quick about um, other podcasts of this year that we have enjoyed, things that we would recommend to other people. Uh, I'm going to start. So like, for me, 2021 was the year that I became obsessed with comedian Tig Notaro. Um, her podcast, Don't Ask Tig, is an advice show where Tig and another celebrity uh, just answer listener questions. Um, it's very insightful and very, very funny. I can't tell you how many times I've just laughed out loud um, listening to this podcast. Uh, Craig. So uh, this was a big mental health year for me. I did uh, hopefully a lot of stuff for myself. And one of the things that, and I can't remember if I mentioned it last year on the pod, so I'm sorry if I did, but 10% Happier is a podcast by Dan Harris. And it comes with a, a meditation app as well. And I've signed up for that app. I've done a lot of meditating this year. I've done a lot of uh, reflecting and, and stuff like that. Uh, but that podcast is just uh, wonderful. And then this last week, I was trying to figure out something to listen to because every podcast takes a break uh, around the holidays. Sorry about that podcast listeners. Um, except for like this pod, by the way, these girls just, they just keep bringing it out and geek awakens. You both, you all we have done a great Christmas. job. Um, but uh, I will say that I just listened to the plot thickens, uh, which is the TCM podcast on Lucille ball. And that in conjunction with the movie being the Ricardo's, I am a Lucy fan through and through. Uh, so go and check out that podcast. Jacqueline. 
I'm a bad podcaster and I don't listen to as many other podcasts as I should, but I do listen. I do listen to most of the front row network shows and I have listened to a couple episodes of the geek one. So I've got all your guys' stuff, but I don't <laughs> listen to stuff outside of like the people that I know. Cause I like to hear what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Megan, what about you? I um, talked about a lot about the shows that I listened to last year. Um, this year, I have one pulled up. Oh, I listened to What's Gabby Cooking in the. Well, it was started out as What's Gabby Cooking in the in quarantine, and now it's What's Gabby Cooking in the Wild. And she's just she's a like a food blogger, and she answers questions. and I think it's interesting because I like to cook. But also coming soon is another local podcast. Friends of ours are doing starting a show called The Drag Chronicles. It's going to drop shows on Mondays um, coming in the near future. They're, they're still working out some bugs and they want to get some episodes built up before they go live, which I told them is a great idea. We like to be at least a month ahead if we can. So coming soon. Pick it. I, much like Jacqueline in my terrible podcaster and in all fairness I, I was like a radio guy slash turn to internet radio slash turn to podcaster so like i'm all about that live stuff podcasting is not generally a thing i do um so in terms of like listening uh so uh i i, I don't have any sort of like you know i listen to ours uh but that's that's like the one i do remember the very first uh time so this is the seventh time we've done geek year in review and you all joined us on the second geek year in review as geek awakens and at the time i don't think you had a feed yet you were only on 217radio.com and i was like i remember after that show i was like damn it i want to listen to you <laughs> put yourself on a feed <laughs> Well, that it was it was a it was a weird thing. Like we like I said, we started as radio. I we had this grand idea of live radio, and we'll have playbacks and stuff. Of course, you can hear it again. But uh, it was when we stopped with the two and some radio stuff that Mitch transitioned to the actual podcast, and he's done an amazing job with that. Oh, stop, um, <laughs> Jeremy! Oh, keep going on. No, no. Oh, yes, stop. Go on, please. Oh no, go on. How good am I? <laughs> Um, if Craig yeah, wants so, to know how good he is, he can talk to me. <laughs> or Ted Lasso. Or Ted Lasso. That's right. Speaking okay. of which, I'm going to stay on brand here. Uh, one of the cast members of Ted Lasso, he has an amazing podcast called Films to Be Buried With. Um, his name is Brett Goldstein. It, it's, it's a fantastic uh, show concept because what he does is he brings on celebrity guests and he basically acts as if they have died. And so he makes them do their own eulogy. And then he asks them questions about movies they're bringing with them to the afterlife. And it's not like, well, you think like, oh, what's your favorite movie? It's like, uh, what's the sexiest movie that you're bringing with you? Or what's the chocolatiest movie you're bringing with you? know, stuff like that that's just like very ridiculous. And it's usually comedians. So um, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, but my favorite new one that I saw this year was, uh, and I think it actually just won the pod uh, award uh, voter awards um, it's called old gods of appalachia and it's a horror anthology series 
um, that is about kind of an alternate history that's kind of uh, immersed in the real history of the Appalachian mountain regions. Um, and it's just a bunch of really crazy horror stories. Um, it's ex exquisitely acted, great sound design. Um, and if you're into that sort of thing, this is kind of the standard. If you like the No Sleep podcast or stuff like that, this is a really, really great entry into that. Um, and it's just really, really freaky stuff. So if you like that, hit up the old gods of Appalachia. So last thing to talk about, um, looking forward, what are we excited about for 2022? What's going to be our best of for the Geek Year in Review 2022? We're going to go the opposite way. And Jeremy, you're going to start this one. This one. Yeah, yeah I'm just going to start with... Uh... <laughs> Marvel has re redone the game here. So the MCU released nine properties this year. They were supposed to release 10 originally, um, but they called some back. But um, just for future reference of what we have waiting for us next year in the MCU, um, on the movie side, we have Doctor Strange 2 in the Multiverse of Madness. Thor Love and Thunder um, is due out in July next year. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is technically due out in November of next year um, if they ever get back in production from from all the craziness that's happening there but aside from that we also have uh the ms marvel series coming next year uh kamala khan making her mcu debut she hulk the jennifer walters illegal comedy series which always makes me think it's gonna be like some kind of mcu version of like ally mcbeal or something which would be just so freaking ridiculous um we've got moon knight coming next year um with oscar isaac that's gonna be an absolutely bonkers show um and we've also got uh the secret invasion show is due out at the end of next year with uh, Nick Fury, uh, Samuel L. Jackson coming back. And don't forget, people, that next year on Disney Plus, we are getting the Guardians of the Galaxy live Christmas spectacular special. And I have no clue what on earth James Gunn has in store for that, but they are literally shooting it as they're shooting Guardians Volume 3 right now. So that's what's on tap for Marvel next year. And I cannot wait. They, I think they knocked it out of the park this year. It's obviously what I'm most excited about next year. Pick it. Uh, for me, it's Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, I have been watching the Jurassic Park films like since I saw that was my first movie in theater. Sadly, and I was I was young. It was a bad idea on my parents' part. Um, I'm in therapy still. No, uh, I saw this uh, Jurassic Park in theaters the first time, first movie ever. Uh, and uh, whilst I was terrified, I loved every second of it. Uh, uh, and uh, so this to me is kind of my big movie, you know. Megan. You're All right, blonde well, moment. Couldn't find the unmute. Um, I'm really excited for the Harry Potter 20th reunion, which comes out on Saturday. I'm rereading the Harry Potter books right now. I love them so much. This is like probably my at least 10th time through the books. So I'm excited. Jacqueline. I'm going to be a little selfish and I'm going to talk about something that I'm excited about for our podcast because it's very geeky. Um, and this is the first that anybody here has heard about it. Um, but Megan and I played D&D &D for the very first time. Yeah, and nice. in January, yes. there were going to be a thousand episodes. <laughs> probably at least three a week. Of us playing D&D. &D. So I'm nice. very excited awesome. for that and for everybody nice. to hear. God, I've never dove in. So that so. goes into my geek resolution. Like I, you know, like that. Come play with us. I've never done yeah. that. I should. Oh, it's should. fun, dude. It's fun. <laughs> 
Just watch that community episode of D&D. You'll get into it, man. Or listen I had to one of my chemistry. Yeah. So at work, like one of the chemistry faculty one day was like, do you listen to Critical Role? Do you listen to like all these different shows? And I was yeah, just like, man. I was like, oh man, I don't know any of that. And anyway, <laughs> it's a whole world I don't understand. Greg, what are you looking forward to? Personally, I am finally going back to Walt Disney World. I am finally going to walk into Galaxy's Edge. I'm finally going to cry in front of the Millennium Falcon. I'm finally going to build a lightsaber at Savi's. I am finally going to uh, be able to experience all that is Rise of the Resistance. So all of that is... Uh, personally, that's what I get to do in 2022. I'm going in uh, at the time of this recording, like 77 days and I don't know, six hours, something like that. It's not like I have it mentally in my mind uh, exactly <laughs> when I'm going. But um, from a theatrical standpoint, Jeremy stole all of the MCU. So I will uh, pick MCU adjacent and say that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse was revolutionary. It was yep. one of the, uh, it was, it was, it's in my top five of films overall. I absolutely love that film and Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part one part is one. coming out <laughs> in October of 2022. And I can't wait for it. Jacqueline, did you have one more thing? I did. I'm so sorry. Megan reminded me as soon as Craig said Disney. Um, we are very possibly going to be going to D23 in September. So nice. I'm very excited for that. That's awesome. <laughs> so, that is so awesome. That's great. <laughs> so I'm interested to see how, uh, if, you, if you guys haven't heard, Fan Expo has purchased um, a lot of the Wizard World conventions. Um, so I'm interested to see how Fan Expo does uh, in terms of their cons. You know, I've heard wonderful things about them, but I've never been to one. And now there'll be one in St. Louis and Chicago next year. So I'm pretty excited about that. Also, um, Jodie Whittaker is leaving Doctor Who in 22. Um, as much as I've loved her seasons, I am interested to see who the next Doctor will be. So... Who do you want? I have no idea. I, I, I don't, I don't really have a favorite or anything like that. I just want to see who it is and I'll, I'll pass judgment then. Can it be, no uh, can it be an American football coach from Kansas? Absolutely oh not. That was going to be my joke. I hate you all. <laughs> Mitch, if you don't mind, before we sign off, can I just do a quick rundown of literally all the other things coming out next year in Geek? Sure. Dude, I've got it in front of me because there's too many. Uh, January, Morbius comes out with Jared Leto. February uh, next year, the Uncharted movie with Tom Holland and uh, Mark Wahlberg. Of course, March next year, The Batman starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, April of next year, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore for all you ha Harry Potter fanatics out there. April also, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I really liked that first one. I thought it was pretty damn good. Same. Knuckles. Due out next year in May, Top Gun uh, Maverick is finally due to come out. Finally. <laughs> they we'll filmed that, that in 2017. Yeah, we'll see if that holds. Also May of next year, John Wick 4 due out, although I think they delayed that to 2023. Um, but uh, also in May, uh, the DC Super Pets animated film is due out. That looks like it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, in June, Lightyear, the uh, Pixar prequel uh, of sorts with Chris Evans playing Buzz Lightyear. Uh, the Rock in Black Adam is due out in July. Uh, 
the Flash, of course, the Flashpoint series due out in November. Uh, Avatar 2, technically supposed to come out in December of next year. Um, and then in November, also Aquaman, uh, The Lost Empire is supposed to be coming out. And then Undefined, at some point next year, you will be getting the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus and due out the Cassian Andor series due out on Disney Plus. Guys, it is a wonderful time to be a geek. Yes. So before before we sign off, uh, real quick, let's plug our podcasts. Um, Pickett, no offense to you, but I'm going to take the reins on this one for oh. the Geek Awakens. <laughs> yeah. uh, for the Geek Awakens, uh, you can find us as the Geek Awakens podcast on uh, Facebook and Instagram. We are just at Geek Awakens on Twitter because the the Geek Awakens podcast is way too long for Twitter. Um, we are kind of sort of active on youtube uh reddit uh we just started our twitch channel so be looking for stuff on there uh not twitch uh discord i get those two mixed up and that is very embarrassing but um but yeah i hopefully this is going to be a huge year for the geek awakens uh follow us yes please uh i think you're gonna like this where can we find you we are on facebook and instagram and twitter sort of <laughs> <laughs> and also TikTok. Um, on uh, Facebook, we are backslash like this pod. On Twitter, we're like this underscore pod. On TikTok, we're like this pod. On Instagram, we're like this pod. Because I think you're going to like this is too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're going to like this was it taken is. on Twitter. Or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Like this pod was taken on Twitter. Yeah. We release oh, episodes yeah. on Thursday. We're on all the streaming services. And front row. First, I want to say, because Jeremy Bailey was unable to join us tonight, yes. uh, and he's usually the one that tells you all how amazing you are. So I want to step into that role and just say that I love the content that comes out of both of your shows, uh, Geek Awakens. You guys really keep me uh, up in, to date on comic books that are coming out, and you're doing such great work with just every other pop culture thing that you do. Uh, I'm really looking forward to a lot of that coverage from C2E2 and all those cons that you get to go to. And like this pod, I... I I love the the conversations. What I love about your show is that it's just like being dropped into the middle of a conversation between the two of you and you feel like you're part of it uh, as a listener. And so you both do such a great job with that. Uh, the front row, we have a, a billion and a half shows. So we will talk about the shows that we are involved in directly i am a co-host on beyond the mouse we're a show about all things disney you can find us just by searching for beyond the mouse i would encourage you to join the beyond the mouse podcast pals facebook group because that's a good way to engage with us there um and then jeremy and i uh we do a what podcast do do? on what, a what show do do? that happens to be on apple what tv show? plus what is it uh, i can't remember i don't want to say the name oh. of it but you can go check out peanut butter and biscuits a Ted Lasso fan cast, uh, wherever you can find podcasts as well. And uh, check that out. And then also we have Peanut Butter and Biscuits, the uh, Facebook group for once you're done with your Apple TV subscription, Mitch, you can come over there and you can check <laughs> us out on Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got nothing. He, he said it all. I'm not going to say Ted Lasso again, unless Jacqueline will drink again. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're they're drinking Dr Pepper. She put her Cayman Jack away like six hours it's ago. It's empty. <laughs> Someone kept saying Ted Lasso. I had to switch. <laughs> so with that, uh, we are saying goodbye to this year's Geek Year review and this year as a whole. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you like some of these new voices, check out and subscribe uh, to their regular podcasts. I think you're going to like them. Um, 
from all of us here at The Geek Awakens. I think you're going to like this and the Front Row Network. Uh, we wish you a happy, healthy, and geeky 2022.